0: It's a Bitcoin
1: so good it really
2: is
1: (laughs) so for those of you wondering what that says it says the only one making you money is you right so it's like it's kind of like hashtag so hold on (laughs) for life (laughs) hold on on. for life that's the lyrics are that's this that's you know it's kind of like hashtag no investment advice. That's what we say right at the beginning. So if we ever get brought in court of law, look, we say it at the beginning of this shit. The only one making you money is you. All right. That's what that's. There it is. <laughs> so. Uh, so, hey, guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin podcast. I'm the host of Talks First D.
0: I am another host, Dr. Corey Petty coming at you.
2: Nice. And, and I'm the third host, Jesse.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's, uh, somebody's sorry. I, I get distracted by what, the of, what are you
0: drinking, dude? I get,
1: I'm drinking, drinking life, out. bro. I am high on life. I
0: top, I'm, <laughs> talking to I'm talking to you. Talking to talking to Jesse in his like little little tea cup, dude. Uh-oh. I'm
2: actually enjoying it. Uh, so I have this little cup for uh, a thermos of tea that's been like souped up with like extra caffeine, so I can like really be here mm-hmm. and There's with it. Of mate. Like, uh, no, it's just like straight up green tea. And then I just like threw some caffeine pills in the thermos.
0: <laughs> uh, I wanted some caffeine. I didn't want to make coffee. I wanted some tea. Yeah. You know, I threw Absolutely. a bunch of caffeine in my tea and we're good.
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, um, let me tell you why I feel so high, gentlemen. For the very first time in 35 years of living on this planet, I went to this. I went to and I had a spaghetti day.
2: I don't know oh. what that is. You went to the spa.
1: I I was I took half of the day. I got a massage.
0: You said spaghetti.
1: Yeah, like spa spaghetti day.
0: All right, okay. It's
2: okay. The only reason
0: i doesn't up on that watch is because uh, uh, I read what D posted.
2: Somebody
1: ago. doesn't watch. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Obviously. No. Remember when I they do, tried to? I ch- didn't get that one. Oh, when they try to treat Charlie to a, to a spa day. And he was like, why do you keep saying this spa? What is spa? Are you taking me to eat spaghetti? Is this a spaghetti day? I'll go <laughs> eat spaghetti. And then all throughout the episode, he has a plate of spaghetti. And he's like. <laughs> okay. I didn't get like, that reference. Okay. Okay. Well, always sunny in Philadelphia. Anyways. Um, you guys know what we're talking about. Dude,
2: that interview was awesome.
1: We're talking about non-fungible tokens.
0: Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so it's the same thing, right? Like the interview was about that. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So somebody once asked me, "What the fuck is an NFT?" And I answered them this: I said, "It's a non-fungible token." Boom. Conversation over. So that that's what do you it. mean right. you mean
0: you mean like just stop listening or like you're you're, you're nope. done and you walked away. That was like it. mic drop, I'm leaving.
1: That's it. I didn't I didn't say anything more. No, no, no. So for those of you listening that uh don't know fungibility means uh, uh not only like, like like equally weighted uh I guess rations of a thing, right? So so like if we take a take the dollar, a dollar is a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. But if you take baseball cards you could have a thousand baseball cards, and the um, Babe Ruth is going to be worth way more than the Jose Canseco, right? Mm. So that's fungibility. When something my is my dollar,
0: my dollar is no different than your dollar. If we that exchange dollars, it doesn't make doesn't make any difference. These it, are like, facts. I, 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 for all intents and purposes, by the way, not. For all intensive purposes, which was what I thought it was when I was younger, for all intents and purposes, yes. it's the same thing, right? Uh, intents and purposes.
1: No, I I mean, tenses, read the uh, book in, definition.
0: Intensive purposes. Intensive <laughs> purposes. That's I mean, it's a yeah. reasonable thought. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so like, fungible means that it doesn't matter what dollar I have; I have a dollar. And non-fungible means that I have this thing. And it's unique. It mm. has a level of uniqueness to it. That's about it. That's, that's, the, that's the general gist of the definition. I'll give you the real one
2: from Investopedia. Fungibility is the ability of a good or asset to be interchanged with other individual goods or assets of the same type. Fungible assets simplify the exchange and trade processes as fungibility implies equal value between the assets.
0: Yeah, like I said... What I have, if, you, if, if it's fungible, you owning a specific amount of things is equal to me owning this specific amount of things of the same type. Like we can trade that and nothing changes. Whereas yeah. if like you have a non-fungible asset and I have a non-fungible asset, when we trade it, it's not the same thing because they're different things, right? Fungible means tradable without making a difference, right?
1: Okay. So with all that being said, uh, they're the bee's knees right now uh, in crypto because the rest of the world is finally starting to figure out what we've known for years, that digital uniqueness is important. And especially in the world we live in, having digital uniqueness means something, right? It means a lot because you can now own something digitally that no one else can, or you can give it to someone else and you no longer have it and you can prove that you no longer have it and they can prove that they do. You can of course it's a jpeg or whatever and you can make a copy of it. But let me tell you something. It's not going to be the original and being the original counts. Obviously, I wish my name were Beeple right now. Not because it's a weird ass name, but because this fucking guy named Beeple or girl, I don't know, artist sold their shit for 69 million dollars, bro. Can that someone explain that to me. to me? I don't
0: know. I don't I don't know the context of what happened here? Like what? What? So, what? What is the actual NFT that he that he
1: or she sold for such? Let's, a see, if we of money. Can, so let's see if we can we can bring
2: it up. I'll tell you. So the NFT only has value because people has oh. an art style that is in line with the ideology behind Bitcoin, or at least people who uh, are are libertarians in Bitcoin, yes. and they're like basically against the institution, against the like stick it to the man, right? That's his is art a fan? style.
0: Does it stand for Bitcoin people?
2: I think in some of the NFTs, the one that was worth a lot was literally just the election NFT, right? It showed yeah, Trump line right? It had transformed, right? It transformed,
0: didn't it? Okay. Right,
2: it did. It did. Um, so that was the one that was worth a lot of money. Now there's a new one that's uh, basically a collage of a bunch of pieces of that he's made in the past. And that one was recently sold for even more money. Like 60 so, million, right? Something like that. Yeah. Sixty something. Sixty nine million dollars. So he has this track record of of this art style that is unique to him, that is in line with the existing ideology of Bitcoiners. So it's just like, you know, it's like a Ninja being good at Fortnite and making the Twitch partnership. Like sometimes the stars align for these people, right? Mm-hmm.
0: According to Daniel in the private chat, he said 5000 days. A mm-hmm. dude makes a new piece every single day for five thousand days, and yes. that what like, that was like. The what he sold was the was the like the amalgamation of all these things.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so I'm curious. I, I don't I don't know any. I I basically know nothing about this other than it happened. Uh, what's the technical background that he's using to to disperse this thing and sell it? Like, where is this NFC being created, and where is he selling it?
2: So he's got one for sale, I believe, on Nifty. I think, there, he, I think he's on multiple in multiple places. Oh, and so are a, good a bunch name. of different. Uh, so are so are a bunch of different artists, right? Musicians as well. Like Dead Mouse is releasing on on a few different NFT platforms.
1: Who's Dead
0: Mouse? Dead Mouse Five.
2: Are you talking
1: about Dead
0: Mouse Five? Yeah, Dead Mouse Five. Okay. I literally, I literally called them that for like the first year I listened to them with all my friends. D, that's oh my why God. D said that because I only call them dead Mouth five. I was a fan. I was a fan.
2: He's good.
1: Definitely. Sorry, Jesse. We definitely interrupted you. You were. I don't know, but just uh, yeah, go sure. on, please. deadmau five.
2: No. So, so I, I just art. These artists are deploying their artwork on all the platforms. Essentially. You're asking which one, all of them. Good. Just
0: I'm curious. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the, the technology hasn't changed, right? So like Uh they're still using the ERC-721 standard for the most part. There's a few others that are um, modifications of the ERC-721 standard, which is where if like the CryptoKitties came up with. Mm -hmm. CryptoKitties defined the standard. And then there's a few Mm -hmm. kind of modifications that are very close to it, right? nothing's much changed since then other than a lot of infrastructure that supports the standard what's different now than when crypto could be started why is this becoming so popular now where people are people are willing to just throw untold millions at things um and celebrities are like yeah i want to do that whereas beforehand that wasn't the case what's going on now
2: i would say there there were no like there was no medium for it being easy for people with an established track record for being famous of of any one thing that people in crypto like for them to interact with.
1: Corey, you ready for this? Remember when I used to say this dumb shit all the time? Remember when I used to say this dumb shit all the time?
0: (laughs) Negro Thomas
1: is about to speak. No one is making this stuff cool. It's that easy. Like, I know... Mm -hmm. The people, I know, Corey. I know you and your colleagues are leagues of intelligence. Like it's a league of intelligence that is just. I, I'm pretty sure there's like 17 syllable words just being thrown around, and five syllable words just just having a good time talking about uh, network propagation, all the things. Those are great. Who the fuck is making it cool? Who's making it cool? The NBA made it fucking cool. The NBA made it cool as shit. And they're like, you know what? You can buy these rare fucking clips of people making gr- the greatest shots in NBA history and you're the only person that can own them when you buy this trading card pack. And there's only going to be so many. There's rares. Like Jordan making the game winning shot in game did we five. Turn,
0: did we turn Digital Magic the Gathering into like everything? Like you know what I mean? Like, the NBA was like, you know what? We should just take Magic the Gathering and turn it into like all the things.
1: Everything. Just turn it into all the things. And so uh, people are focused now. There's the 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 space has expanded, and now on the edges, the people that sole focus in life to make things cool, they're in on the party now, and they're make- they're gonna make this shit cool as shit. Bitcoin. How, no- how much
0: of huh? this? How much of this is like people just flexing because they think they own something that's unique? A lot
2: of it. A lot of people who got in on ETH early for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: They're just they just want to say I own this thing, and regardless of yeah. whether or not they may they may or may not it may not be true, right? Because something was brought up. Like, well, as as a nerd, I'm thinking about what's going to go wrong in a lot of the scenarios, and when you mm-hmm. have NFTs being distributed across a bunch of different networks and how to like had to like identify what's the actual unique one, mm-hmm.
1: which is going to be an outside.
0: issue later on down the line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's going to be an issue. I did see an interesting tweet that I wanted to follow because I, it, it got, you know, I like to find the single points mm-hmm. of failure sometimes. And this one, <laughs> NFTs, you say. Huh. No I'm kidding. You don't have to talk like that if you look like that. It's just highly like that You do talk like that if you look like
0: that. I think like we that. should all buy boulder hats for a, uh, or top hats for an episode. Just I think I like the cut of your <laughs> only, jib. All, only talk, only talk with like, uh, Old English aristocrat yes. accent for the entire episode.
1: I say I saw a tweet, my friend. A tweet from a gentleman who said, since it's my digital art, I'll just take it out of my Google Drive and then I'll own it still and you'll just own a token. Ha! And I said, interesting.
0: A hogwash, my dear friend. Coy,
1: what say you? <laughs>
0: I'm not going to keep going. It's for
1: later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. It's, it's, If you ever see a black man talking like that, you can automatically assume he's a little bit insane. Like that's kind <laughs> of... <looking at, laughs> like, <laughs> like that guy up there. All right. So that's that's an interesting proposition because I know blockchains are not robust enough to store video images. Video images are weighty. They got some beef in them, right? Like a good, well-cooked beef pot pie baby ground beef not steak you fucking heathens now where are these video files being stored and if someone takes that storage away what does that token even mean
0: yeah i've been wondering the same thing like how are all that video files being stored i'll tell you how i'll tell you how they're being stored uh, it depends, right? So like what you're, what you're selling with an NFT for the most for the majority of the concept, my mm-hmm. dogs may bark here in the middle of this off butte uh, is you're selling a unique piece of digital information that, that references a bunch of stuff on the internet. If the things that they're referencing mm-hmm. are mutable and means that meaning that they can be changed, then the NFT can be changed. And you saw this from an artist. An artist sold a bunch of NFTs and did what he called a rug pool. And he changed all of the icons to rugs. That's awesome. After after he had sold them, she—I don't know who it was. I mean, that's terrible, but it's that's But Here's right? the thing: but like, that's the thing. Like, what are you buying, right? So, like, if you're buying a unique piece of digital media, how do you know it's not going to be changed later on down the line? How do you know here's you own thing. it? Here's but the thing. Here's the thing. I got it. I got the answer.
1: That guy that did that rug pull can get the, his fucking asshole sued out, because he can't do that. He sold something to someone. He had property and he sold it, and then he took it back and he kept their money. Interesting that's enough, what, that's where he fucked
0: up. It depends on how you sold it, right? So, like, N- N- NFT is literally a very broad concept. It is a unique piece of digital information, and a part of that is going to be a license, right? So. Uh, there's this question of if I sell something as an artist, mm-hmm. do I maintain the ability to, um, like, does wh- wh- who I sell it to can they manipulate it and change it, or do I maintain the rights of these things when I sell it?
1: That's like, for, the for unique art difference for
0: art. That's a that's a thing. What's interesting about NFTs is it that, that license like, and the concept of the legality of what you can do with the thing that you sell can be attached to the digital medium. Mm. You can do both. You can literally do both. I can give up my rights of ownership to this thing, um, or I can say you can use this based on the license of you buying it. And like, f- funny enough, Status does this in the sticker market, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we we have we have a market for stickers in the Status app, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a it's a multi-sided market, and that the artists can give a, it's a and both sides are NFTs the artists can give up the ownership rights and sell that Mm -hmm. to to, to some other person so that they end up becoming the person who controls where the funds go for the people who buy the art. And the people who would like to use stickers in the application just buy NFTs, that give them the right to use them inside the application. Mm -hmm.
1: It's very fun. I mean, NFTs are, they they really do change the game um, because... Of the endless possibilities of, of what you can do. And people figuring this out is gonna be funny. Like, I'd love to kind of keep tabs on that that artist who pulled the rug to see where that lands. Because I'll if be I'm sure. someone who get bought, him, get if him I'm on the show, get someone who bought that rug, and then all of a sudden you swap it out for some other sort of oriental rug, you swap it out for some of that shit. I'm gonna be like, No, 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 no. I bought that, I own that. <laughs> Give me my money back or we're going to have some problems, right? So thank you, Alicia. You're keeping up with that really well. All right. Um, now I would like to request a picture That's of Aladdin.
2: <laughs>
0: Aladdin? <laughs> gotcha. That's All right. It'll come, it'll, come like, it'll come in like 10 seconds. She's furiously doing it. Riff, raff,
2: street uh, rat.
0: We're gone for like, I don't know, 19 minutes now. Let's go for another topic and then move into the interview, which I think is like one of the better interviews we've Mm. had in a long time. Right. This, this got me excited uh, generally for crypto. There it is. Aladdin. Um, Like more than I've been in a long time because it, it it seems as though what they have done is established Mm -hmm. a link between the, the real world and the crypto world Mm -hmm. in a way that's not, the same narrative we've been talking about for so long in terms of like, what's the legality of cryptocurrencies, right? Mm. It was, it was ICOs happened. And then we're like, okay, what's the legality of dealing with ICOs? How to, as a company, how do I deal with implementing one of these things and, and also being a legitimate business in the jurisdiction I operate in and all, all that nonsense. And this was like a step in the direction of like, that's pretty clear now. Now I can just try and innovate. Now I can just do cool shit. And you're seeing large corporations doing this now. NBA is one of those large corporations. Yeah. Right? Which opens up the game to like, oh, okay. That's like, that's one of those situations where like, oh, is blockchain stupid? And then you, you heard that a lot throughout the years you've been trying to do this. They're like, oh, can you tell me more about blockchain? Because I heard the NBA is doing something. Yeah. And that's was, all because of this like backend infrastructure and how how comfortable we are with the legality of doing uh this type of stuff and what it may be useful for. Everyone collects. Like everyone understands that there are collectors. And this yeah. is just a, an obvious way to do it that's more efficient than trading baseball cards. Yeah.
1: It's it's exciting.
0: All and of crypto is you.
1: exciting, man. I, I get excited now. That I now that I'm I've come out of the rabbit hole and can go in leisurely, you know, go in and poke around where I want to. I'm not trapped down there. I get excited seeing people again now this long in the game get just just fall down that crypto mess and just like, did you know about this? Did you know about that? What's this? What's that? And I'm just like, you know what? You probably know more about that shit than I do, but I don't really need to know. Like, you know, like it's you probably know a lot more about it than I do, but I'm pretty sure, you know, there's a lot of stuff I don't know about crypto. Um, Now, what I'm interested in and then we're going to bring it on to the interview. I'm interested to see the first person who somehow figures out how to get a a yearly APY from an NFT, like from a piece of art. That's what I. they do. So you can you can build derivatives Mm -hmm. from. An art NFT and sell NFTs
2: in general doesn't have to be art related. This is getting good. Let's 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 dive
0: into that after the interview. I want to I want to try and like dive into that concept and what it could look like. Like DeFi and and NFTs had a baby.
1: So this is Vinay Gupta. I said behind the scenes while we're interviewing him that I wanted to make an NFT. That he could purchase and be my uncle and come to barbecues and hang out with me and talk to me and get drunk with me. Because this man right here is like, think imagine you've got a professor, like your coolest professor. And it's him like just I don't understand how this man thinks of the things that he thinks up, but he is beyond the word genius. And I always feel really honored when I get to talk with him. I've had beer with him, talking to him in person. He always looks like he's digging up dinosaur bones. I will take that little jab at you, Vinay. Same, same style. I like it. But anyways, without further ado, Dr. Vinay
0: Gupta. Here it is. Just getting to the point of like, you're just getting to the point where like, okay, I have the POC from Ethereum. This is where we go from here. Yeah, 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 so you've been you've been doing some things since then, I'd say.
3: Well, I mean, you know, in between then and now, COVID, right? Like, you know, the yeah. world turned upside down, and that. took
0: a took a little bit of our attention. <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
3: and you know, now here we are, right? The vaccines are rolling out. uh Scheduled to get vaccinated towards the end of this month, and at that point, you know, things yeah. return to normal,
0: right? We hope. Congratulations! I'm a I'm a lowly house dweller that's low on the totem pole of getting it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, You're not well. an essential worker, bro? I'm an essential worker. Yeah, I got my work
0: company outside of the United States. It's <laughs> a remote worker.
3: Um, I think That's last one the, time, uh, one of the white beard benefits, man, you get vaccinated.
1: Right? <laughs> the last time I spoke to you, I think we were kind of sharing a drink at like DevCon. Was that four or DevCon three? The one in Prague. Prague? Prague was four. I think. Four.
3: Yeah. Well, I that, remember what are we that. up
0: to now? Nine, ten, is it 14? Uh, I mean, really? That was a while ago. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> 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 Whoa, <wait.
1: laughs> we skipped some DEF CONs. We did a couple yeah, of yeah. years. Yeah, I think,
0: uh, and, you know, it's a question of like, do
3: you count your DEF CONs by year or by you know, bull run clock? Yeah. What yeah, yeah, bull was, run that was that? Oh, that was, this that bull was a bull run. Oh, yeah, I that was pretty right. bull runny in Prague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's just the volatility, right? The whole, the whole culture on the loo shifts every bull run. It's it's interesting to
0: think about the factors behind them each time too, mm, because there's an overlap, but there's always like kind of various key triggers that happen. I think they
1: get significantly more sustainable, like not sustainable. That's not the word I'm going for. Real. I know that's like very general and vague, but the 2017 was just like. Okay. So fuck tokens worth how much per token? Okay. That's, yeah, this is getting out of hand, but this is actually legitimate understanding at a deeper level than just people trying to make it, make a book, right? Mm-hmm. There's the people that are always trying to make a book. Those are always going to be the new people that are attracted to the space, but this is, you know, institutions are gobbling it up, not only to have it on the balance sheet, but some of them to have it to play with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, um, you know, just governments are starting to be a lot more lenient towards it. I mean, it's just, it's different. This, this time feels a lot different than the last time. So
0: let's, but, just, uh, kick this off and do, let's some, get it uh, do some podcasting.
1: All right. In 10.
0: Today, are you ready, by the way? Hold well, on. To He's talking to somebody.
1: He's got Superman. Corey, you want to lead in? Jesse, you want to lead in? Yeah, I'm good. All right. You do, it, you do it, Corey. I'll do the next one. In 10.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We have an interview today. Bringing back to the show, Mr. Vinay Gupta from Materium uh, and a bunch of other stuff, but current project is definitely Materium. You're spending a good portion of your time, I imagine. Welcome back to the show. For those who have not uh, heard you on like previous episodes that we did on Hashing It Out or the Bitcoin podcast, why don't you give everybody... Quick introduction as to kind of who you are, where you came from, what you do.
3: Um, Well, so um, where I came from is a long story. First year being paid 100% in anonymous digital cash was 1999, which is a different kind of OG situation. Um, (laughs) uh, I was curious. Uh, I I was doing due diligence for a Chicago VC firm, and I said, hey, digital cash is the future. I want you to pay me any gold. And they were like, you were insane. I'm like, are you a or aren't you? They're like, "Uh, okay, fine. Um, So I hope those guys are now all very, 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 very rich. They certainly should be. Um, uh, Then I doodled around after 9-11, bouncing around basically between defense academia uh, and charities, mostly working critical infrastructure and crypto, Um, talking about things like genocide resistant biometric ID card designs for the office of the Secretary of Defense, this kind of stuff. Uh, and then 2014, I decided i had enough of being around the military. And I said, sod this. And I went off to join the Ethereum team, ran the launch of Ethereum, did all the kind of project management and stuff for the release, uh, and then took off into the wilds as CEO of Materium, which is doing digital identities for physical things, what we used to say. Now we say we do physical NFTs.
0: Have you found that changing that verbiage has made it easier for people to understand what you're doing? And how much do you like, if if so, how much uh, of that do you like give credit to the hype around what NFTs are?
3: So I think that the NFT thing is remarkably not that hypey. You know, the critical thing about NFTs is they're regulatorily unambiguous. NFTs are property, they're not securities. You can make them, you can sell them. A brand like the NBA could come along and flog this stuff to anybody that's willing to buy it without any regulatory complexity. So we finally have a crypto product that can be bought by Main Street without any weird questions about what is this. You know, it doesn't come with any complicated theology. You don't have to believe in Satoshi as a time traveler from the future sent here to save us from central government. It doesn't have any, you know, kind of seedy silk road kind of thing of like, oh, well, you know, this, this Bitcoin was once used to, you know, buy cocaine. It's dirty money. You know, like all of that kind of murkiness around crypto that kept main street out of it it's gone nfts are just squeaky clean look it's a trading card hey it's an art piece knock yourself out so you know i think that we shouldn't underestimate how much the totally legally just spotless structure of the nft is to how important it is that it's making that jump you know it's like we finally got something that's just you main street can use it you don't even have to ask what it is knock yourselves out and
1: that's huge that's a totally new horizon for crypto yeah, it is. I got to ask you a question. It's a serious question. Um, are you a time traveler? Oh, uh, no, that's a much harder question than you think it is. Possibly, but maybe more.
2: <laughs> the only reason yeah. I ask is
1: I went back and I listened to about a half hour, of the very first interview you did on our podcast, the Bitcoin podcast. Um, and you said some things that are like so accurately true now. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me was... Um, You said that this whole thing starts with cryptocurrency, but then there's going to. And it's just because of human, I'd say, um, not ignorance. What's the word I'm looking for when someone's like green behind the ears? Naivety. Naivety. Yeah, naivety Uh, that we're just going to bucket everything into one umbrella of blockchain tech or crypto tech. Uh, And now we're starting to see the branches get a little bit more defined. Like we have NFTs now, which is you know, like you said, it's going mainstream and we're finding better ways to more accurately uh, define the the nuance between for like from tech to tech. Um And I just found it was amazing that you were able to kind of like predict what we're going through right now. That would have been five years ago. Um, How did you do that? Like, how did you see Exactly what's happening today is pretty much exactly what you explained in that interview five years ago. Hmm. Um, So some of this is like, this is the third
3: round of the crypto revolution for me, right? The first round was in the mid-1990s when it was all about email cryptography and that kind of stuff. Then I kind of sat out the round of the revolution, which was HTTPS certificates being deployed for the first time. Some friends of mine were very involved in that. Um, then I was part of the eGold ecosystem, which was a whole round of crypto history that most people forget. But we get some of our absolutely core competences from the eGold days, right? There are concepts that were critical in those days that are still critical, that are foundational in blockchain. Nobody ever talks about eGold. So, you know, there was the eGold revolution. And then, you know, I've largely sat out Bitcoin because I knew from eGold that currency alone was not going to cause social transformation. You know, money is not enough. You need the ability to build companies. You need the ability to share risk, right? So you weren't going to see social change as a result of crypto until you had smart contracts. And then when the Ethereum train came along and it was like, hey, we're smart contracts, I'm just like, okay, this is my, this is my stop. Here I get on. Um, And that, you know, once you've seen it run a few times, it's not so unpredictable. You know there's there's a certain kind of just like okay we've done this before this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens and the drivers are kind of obvious
2: so you have to go to burning man once in the early 90s
3: that, that will help but also i mean like <laughs> we're not 10 years into this thing right yeah you know i mean what when was the white paper published originally was it 2008
0: Two
3: thousand eight. implementation was 2009 damn susan right so we're 12 years into this thing we've probably seen what seven bull runs by now you know so what happens right a new thing comes along there is an enormous amount of speculation and everybody believes the new thing is the second coming um then you get the sort of arrival of these vulture like you know pump pump and dump bastards who basically you know all got kicked out of multi-level marketing and decided they were crypto entrepreneurs um, then the good things in the new thing become very diluted by idiocy. And then people realize the new thing is maybe not the second coming, and then it comes off the boil again. But now you've got 10 times more people in the crypto space. And every time we go through that loop, it goes up by faster 10. Now, here, watch me just stick my neck all the way into the noose and say, but I think this time it's different.
0: <laughs> I have... I have looked at it from a different lens. Uh, I haven't been around as long as you, but from my perspective, at least with the last two or three bull runs, um, especially the last two, is that a lot of it has to do with the identification of a standard, which lowers the barrier of entry for people to do something new. Um, yeah. That they're like, we they were uncomfortable with beforehand. If you look at the ICO boom, that was the ERC20 standard and the, all of the infrastructure built around it, and the ability to like deploy um, a generally secure token uh, that was able to interact with a bunch of things without having a tremendous amount of knowledge.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and the yeah. same thing
0: for NFTs. And then now, once you have that, you're able to like, like signal boost the living shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Absolutely, and I mean interoperability is a very important part of this. So you know, if you go back to the the early days, right? Remember the kind of the shitcoin explosion, like mm-hmm. way back. Oh in, yeah, right?
0: Bit- Bitcoin clones. All the Bitcoin clones.
3: Right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you'd just download the Bitcoin source code, you'd hack on two hundred lines, right? You'd get some mates to do some mining with you, and you suddenly you had a shitcoin. So the only interoperability between shitcoins was exchanges, right? And the shitcoins themselves were kind of featureless apart from the fact that they were kind of representative of different kinds of communities. So that sort of thing, you know, what I see with each one of these revolutions is that the interoperability becomes deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, the ability for me to take my project and wire it up to your project and, he, you know, you wire it up to his project and he wires it up to her project. And suddenly all these pieces are working together. You've seen this with DeFi in a really gigantic way, but DeFi is still, you know, it's like taking the guts out of a high-frequency trading system and then dumping it as a public API. You know, like, nobody really understands DeFi unless they're a full-time professional financial engineer. Um, and then we look at this NFT thing that's happening, and the NFT thing is, like, you could explain it to a five-year-old, and five-year-olds
1: will get it faster than adults. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I explained it to... I explained it to um, a close friend. She's eighteen. She's trying to. She's an up and coming artist, and I was like, "Hey, you know, you should give this a shot." And I showed her. I think it was wax or one of them. And by that day, she had already sold something for like seven bucks. And I was like, "There you go. Like, just make a thousand of those. Get yourself seven thousand bucks. Like, (laughs) like, there you go." So uh, it. it, um, I don't know. I'm kind of excited. And you know, it does feel different. We were talking about it a little bit before the show. This feels a lot different than twenty seventeen. So the NBA thing,
3: I mean the NBA thing is just like it's massive. Every, it's massive, right? Yeah. It's a yeah. it's
0: a massive signal boost of like of of authenticity or legitimacy that um usually brings larger cohorts of people in that have since been sitting on the sidelines, right? Like so when you have mm-hmm. these like more often than not, celebrity endorsements or people with a lot of um yeah. risk to bear endorsing such a thing, then it it's like, oh well if they're doing it, then I should probably look into it because it's now over the threshold of legitimacy for me that mm-hmm. I can like reason that it's gonna stick around for a long enough time.
3: I I think it's even more direct than that. Um okay. so I could two threads here let me let me open one and then talk to the other so the first thread is um have you read the contract that you get when you buy one of the nba hotshots? come back to that in, top shots rather. come back to that in a second because that's a really interesting exercise so the other branch is just every other ip rights holder in america in the world is now just like that thing that the nba just did we do that with our stuff now you know, and anybody that's got a substantial library of back catalog video that's valuable, any band that's got taped concerts, any sports team, uh, any cartoon show, you know, any live action movie, like, you know, what do you do if they do, like, hey, you know, we're going to take the best 100 seconds of The Matrix and we're going to sell them as NFTs?
2: You know, I'd buy it. You'd buy it. I'd right? buy it in <laughs> like a <RP.
3: laughs> Yeah, you know, so anybody that has IP can just take the you know tech and the contract, right? And you either get it from you know Dapper or you get it from somebody else and off you go. And the contract, right, the contract is fascinating because it, it very clearly defines what the right is that you're buying legally when you buy one of these clips. It's an unambiguous legal framing. This is our IP right, this is the right that we grant you, this is what you actually own. In the event of a dispute, it goes to this arbitration machinery, and you know the the total clarity about exactly what it is you're buying that has never been there for things like Bitcoin. It's still, you know, what is the legal definition of Bitcoin? Well, you know, you got the miners, and, and you know, you always have this feeling that when you're interacting with Bitcoin, you're interacting with an organic, complex system that arose before it had a legal definition. So yeah. you always have this sense of like it's like it's like a domesticated wild animal, you know. <laughs> it, it's not like a cleanly defined legal object that has a you know like a. You know, you know what I'm trying to say here. Like it's just because it came into existence outside of the law. The law tells a story about what it is, but yeah. what it is in the law's story, these things are not identical. Whereas it was a generalization
0: people, of, yeah. of what we had in a lot of ways. Like much like when I I've made I wrote an article a while ago that's kind of like. I tried to frame this in the in the, in the the verbiage of quantum mechanics and how we treat matter as like both lights and particles. Like both of those concepts are concepts that are classical concepts. But what we have in reality is something that transcends both of those things. And Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies was a transcend It transcended all the models we had when we talked about money. So it like further generalized the concept of these things. And so when you try to use old frameworks to describe a new thing, it's always going to be incomplete. And when law is a part of that, then it it really has an issue.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I used to say like cryptocurrency just means horseless carriage. Like whatever these things are, they have a minor side effect, which is that they create currencies. But the actual underlying thing is so much more gigantically powerful than currency is. To even call it a cryptocurrency is already kind of an anachronism. Um, You know, there's there's a crazy wild power in this kind of technology because it's the only way of doing global synchronization of state. You know, Mm -hmm. you cannot make all the world's computers agree about anything that happens in time because they're running a seventh of a second delay from one side of the world to the other. And the irreconcilable nature of that speed of light delay means that there is literally no way of getting two computers to agree about anything that happens in time unless the computers are within like six inches of each other. So that smearing across time that you get, like for human beings, the seventh of a second delay between here and Australia really doesn't matter and video conferencing software can kind of fudge fudge that gap and make it all seem fine. But if you've got an HFT system that's doing... Ten million trades a second that smearing in time between Australia and Britain mm-hmm. that's a one million trade gap
2: It's a huge arbitrage right.
3: opportunity well, for anybody the, who can it go faster the leads to, the,
0: yeah, it mm-hmm. leads to the, like the war of the cable length like
3: war yeah. of cable length right and you know what the blockchain represents is the alternative to the war of cable length, you know. We're just gonna take the time into these blocks. All the transactions run at the same time in that block in an arbitrary canonical sequence. And as a result, we no longer have this smearing out across time of the transactions. Nobody's mm-hmm. trading at an advantage relative to anybody else based on information. And you know, the result is a fundamentally different yeah. computing architecture, but it's also a fundamentally different political architecture. And, you know, off the top, you know, that's like the enormous kind of mother load. And then we're kind of just like flaking chips off the edge of this to use as currencies.
1: Yeah, it's like we defined a measure. Um, and that's huge. It's like the first step to anything is defining a measure. Mm-hmm. So, wow. When you put it like that, see, I, man, I love having you on the show. I feel like I'm in office hours every time. <laughs> I feel like I'm in um so let's just like, this is the best segue ever. Materium. Yeah. How's it, how's it going with that? Uh, <laughs> whoa, I, I am, there's an old album
3: by a singer called Annie DiFranco called Living in Clip. Right? And, you know, it's about being on the road and you're just like, you know, the amplifiers are clipping because everything is too loud and mm. you're just living in clip. Right now I'm living in clip. We are eh, 10 days out from dropping the first two collections of physical NFTs. So one will be the infamous Shatner project, which has gotten delayed and pushed back so many times because of outside circumstances. Finally, pray God, ready to roll. Uh, that is gonna be, oh, it's going to be so much fun. We have so much cool stuff tucked up our sleeves on this. Um, so there'll be the Shatner project, and then there will be the gold project with our partner's local wallet. Uh, and that will be a bunch of gold brick NFTs. And for those, you will be able to buy gold from Loco, and once the gold has arrived physically in their vault, you can mint an NFT for your specific gold bar, pop your art on it and then sell the damn thing. Mm. Um, so about, the
1: art is backed by real gold
3: or the gold is backed by real
1: art. Uh, <laughs> do you need so, the art? I need a,
3: well, I mean, drink. gold traditionally just <laughs> cost beautiful things, right? So, even if you're just buying the gold brick because you want a gold brick, and there are very good reasons for having a gold brick, um, then, you know, you might as well have a pretty gold brick if it costs <laughs> <energy> back, <laughs> yeah. Vinay, a sure. you
2: back. Vinay, I have that question. Did you see Beeple's uh, art piece that essentially transformed after the election result?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: So how how impactful is that transformative NFTs?
3: Um. So, with all of this, uh, it's such a delicate line, right? So, we're only at the very first evolution of asking what an NFT is, mm-hmm. right? And I think that what we'll discover a year from now is that NFTs have broken into six or seven different things. Mm, okay. So, this thing that we think of as real-world asset NFTs or physical NFTs, some people call them delivery NFTs, you know, those things in law are in the general neighborhood of being warehouse receipts. It may not be exactly a warehouse receipt, but they're in the general neighborhood of warehouse receipts. Um, whereas you've got other things which are like copyright licenses. You know, an NBA uh, hotshot, top shot? I remember what they are. Top shot. Top shot um, is basically very close to an IP license, right? It's it's a funny kind of little use license, which is more or less in the family of IP licenses then you've got things like you know the ones which transform and those are basically software you know you're buying something and you know what happens if you do something like taking it a, a very complex nft
2: mm-hmm.
3: and you pack into it the logic for something like a little adventure game you know you buy the nft you play the nft your state persists in the nft and when you sell it the next person you sell it to inherits your state you know what oh if my god What's like a tamagotchi right yeah. Here's my little <laughs> NFL, right? and I've just been feeding this thing, you know, sugar pops all day long and it's uh-huh. heart rate is like 320 BPM. And it is going to be the worst behaved Tamagotchi ever. And then I sell it.
2: Do you, hey. uh, do you, do you watch <laughs> anime, Vinay? <Binet? laughs> How could I not? Okay. Do you know Hunter x Hunter?
3: I did not know Hunter x Hunter.
2: Okay. Watch that one. Right. And then, uh, mm-hmm. watch when you get to the, there's an arc about something called greed Island. And basically the father of the main character left behind for him a game to play that kind of, uh, it, it helps guide him toward, uh, evolving his character and also connecting with his father through like the state of the game that was last saved by the father.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. And that would yeah.
2: be interesting. I would just, hmm. I would, it'd be interesting for you to watch and then come Enjoy back it. on the <laughs> show and tell me what you think.
0: <laughs> I've been trying to come up with, uh, the framework that I try and explain Mm. cryptocurrency or blockchain or whatever to Mm. people is usually it's like, like, well, I guess you've, you've had this question. We ask all of our, all of our guests uh, describe Bitcoin in 10 words or less, you'll get Mm. it again or a version of it. Uh, But it's like my version of that is typically it's digital scarcity that gives ownership and provenance Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And that's but like, if you think about what an NFT is, just add unique to it. It's digital unique scarcity with ownership of provenance, And then however you want to use that tool to do real, real world things that humans want to do and in whatever interactions they have is, is like, the sky's the limit. And we're kind of just playing with that. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, do you see something wrong with that definition?
3: No, not at all. Not at all. But it's an insider's definition. Right. So that's the definition of somebody that's like lived through the crypto years, right? Yeah. You know, the definition, like you know, you're you're looking at it from the side of having seen it evolve in history. So when you see the thing, you identify it with the genealogy of ideas that led you there. Right? For sure. For the nine, you know, for every one of us, there's nine of them who just walked into the room in the last three months and are like, NFTs are NFTs. And that's where it stops. Because they're defining... they
2: are gathering uh, cards. They're <laughs> going to be like digital Pokemon cards. Right?
3: yeah. But they're, they're, the critical thing is that they're defining it by its behavior and by their experience of it. Hmm. They're not defining it by how it came into existence and the history behind it and any categorization relative to other things. For them, it's just a thing in the environment that they've picked up and they're playing with. Because there's a real difference when you see something evolve from nothing through a degree, you know, layers and layers and building of ideas and so on. Because for you, when you look at it, you see all the things that it evolved from. But for the people that didn't see it evolve and it just lands, they just pick it up by the handle and use it. Right. Um, and that is, it's it's, it, it's such a different mindset for people that just stumble upon these things fully formed and then integrate them that way.
2: Question. Um, Sorry, I have, I have a lot of questions for you that I don't oh. want to take time
3: run okay, um, run
2: ip uh when uh jack dorsey uh minted that nft by hal finney and sold it how do you mint a dead man's tweet oh god what is the ip involved like what are the legal potential legal ramifications for nfts in the future involved with people taking other people's content and minting it for themselves and that artists themselves further diluting a one of one
3: <laughs> oh boy! Okay, so um, the SEC, right? Our good old friends, the SEC. We we have a simple way of defining what the SEC's policy is towards any kind of crypto token, and we call this the Norwegian rule, right? The Norwegian rule is this: anything which is fun is either fattening or illegal. Uh, sorry, fattening or immoral. Right? right? This is a joke the Norwegians make. Anything which is fun is either fattening or immoral. So. If anybody wants to buy it, the SEC will decide it is a security. That's basically how that works. If they could possibly interpret it as being a security, they'll interpret it as being a security. And fortunately, for the most part, crypto has been beneath their notice. They don't really care, and we've done very nicely in that benevolent neglect. Thank you. So similarly to that, the test for copyright is not if you want to buy it, it's a security. The test for copyright is... If I do this with Disney's content, what happens? So my recommendation in terms of this whole business of buying tweets and then reselling them as you know, tweet derivatives or whatever these things actually are is let's just go do that with a whole bunch of Disney things. Disney tweets, clips from Disney things that they've posted onto Twitter as little videos, whatever it happens to be. Let's just do this with a bunch of Disney content and see what happens. And if Disney are like... Yeah, that's absolutely fine. We don't mind you doing that at all. You can absolutely sell our tweet. Yeah, you can sell our Mickey Mouse tweet all day long. We don't mind. It's good with us. Then at that point, we know where we stand relative to intellectual property, and we've established how things work.
1: Okay. Mm. So there's that's a it. Disney litmus test. The Disney. <laughs> because it's a DLT? Disney, <laughs> yeah.
3: Because Disney literally owns U.S. copyright lawmaking, right? Every time it looks like Mickey Mouse is going to drop into the public domain, Disney pulls a rabbit out of the hat and gets another 20 years of extension on U.S. copyright. And they do that by massive long-term political strategic lobbying efforts. Because as soon as Mickey drops out of copyright, Disney's entire thing begins to slide off a cliff. Hmm. Um, So you can bet that, you know, if they see people making money out of Disney content that Disney cannot access because the law doesn't really do what they need it to do, the law will be changed because they are Disney.
2: Jeez. and they own culture that is an interesting perspective because i've seen in in video games where somebody takes accidentally accidentally copyright material and that creates a one-off of something that becomes essentially ultra valuable because in a system where they don't want to remove it from the system but they cannot make any more of it mm-hmm I think you have a you have a legally protected and artistically protected one off, like true one off. Yeah. 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 That's nice. I like that. That's interesting.
1: I, I have a question that is like I get <laughs> I get stuck in this conundrum when it comes to physical NFTs. And I call it like the so what conundrum. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, so I've got this gold bar and I also have this digital token that says that this gold bar is mine. But what yep. if somebody just, like, puts a gun in my face and takes my gold bar? Like, I can't say, like, I have this hey, NFT. hey, hey, I've got, this, <laughs> I've got this address here that says that that's mine. They're going to say, like, I don't give a shit. It's mine now. Right? So how do you get over that hump? Like, And then furthermore, I guess, like, what if I'm like, hey, I've got this address that's tied to that physical gold bar. Like, do you want it for something else? And what's to prevent me from just holding <laughs> onto the bar and you buying my address that represents the bar and you go mm-hmm. do stuff with it? Like it's almost like so. The so what factor is like I don't care about your crypto wallet. Give me the bar. Sure. That bar is mine sure. in my hand. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Ha- what gets over that conundrum? Oh, we just dispatched teams of ninja assassins and they <laughs> do it. <that>. Oh, uh, <laughs> I hadn't thought John- of that. And yeah, ninja assassin, I hadn't um, thought it, of the ninja assassin.
3: Turns out <laughs> that you can rent ninja assassins really inexpensively.
1: Um, <laughs> They've been on a pretty downward, you know, they're not as popular as they used to be. Well, so. no, they're
3: just much better at hiding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, no the
3: um, the source of ninja assassins that we use, uh, we rent them from an agency that hires out ninja assassins for really very reasonable fees, and um, that that entity is called the government. <laughs> Oh, those guys. Those guys. (laughs) So it turns out if you know the correct incantations, right, if you know the correct incantations, you could actually have the the state deploy ninja assassins on your behalf (laughs) to enforce your property rights. Get your gold. Get your gold. So what we spent basically three or four years doing was figuring out how to run the entire architecture of violence created and maintained by the nation state as a peripheral attached to the blockchain, like a laser printer might be attached to a Macintosh.
1: Hmm. A lot of people don't know how laser printers are attached to Macintoshes, So you're going to have to
0: I still use them though.
1: Yeah.
3: To...
1: <laughs> That's a good point,
3: right? You just plug the cable in and it goes. Well, it turns out that, you know, contract law is pretty much the cable. And as you just plug one end of the contract law into the blockchain and the other end of the contract law into the state, and now the state will do its job and deploy ninja assassins pretty much on the blockchain's say so.
1: We're
3: going to have to pretty go back
0: to centralization. Watching, well, anyone who's been watching kind of the work you've been trying to do or look into, even since probably before Ethereum, you've been following like the concept of Ricardian contracts for a long time and how do you get the legal system into the blockchain? And I think this is what, the manifestation of that?
3: Oh boy, yeah. I mean, it's, so the Ricardian contract, remember I mentioned like way back in the beginning of time, we knew all this stuff. So Ian Grigg, uh, you know, my friend Ian Grigg, oh, my friend Ian Grigg. Um, Just as an aside here, right? Meeting Ian Grigg was one of the absolute high points of my entire career in crypto. Um, I was at some uh, blockchain for sustainable development shindig in London. And I get talking to this kind of crotchety Australian engineer dude over lunch. And he's telling all these weird stories about trumping around in Africa and doing this and that, with, you know, uh, crypto technology back in the old days. And He's got all these amazing stories. You know, finally, at the end of it, he hands me a business card. And it says, you know, Ian, Greg. And I'm like, you're... Ian Grigg, you're the Ian Grigg. And Ian just stares at me like, what? I'm like, I bought Digi gold from you in like 2003. And Ian's like, oh, and I'm like, you're famous. And it was just hilarious. It was like, it was the first time that Ian Grigg had been famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all of this, all of this chapter and verse comes from Ian Grigg, right? Like, everything that Materium did in phase one was 100% Ian Grigg. And then the second part, part—you know, we, we literally took Ian Grigg's Ricardian contract model and we just implemented it thoroughly. And then in the second part, we're building new structures on top of Ian's Ricardian contracts. Um, so that, that whole process, right, the Ricardian contract, Ian was the guy that figured out that arbitration courts could be used to enforce cryptographic contracts. And... What is an arbitration court? It's brought into existence by a thing called the 1958 New York Convention on Foreign Arbitral Awards, which basically says that if you and I have a contract, we can appoint a private judge to manage that contract in the event of a dispute, and that private judge will be respected as a real judge in 158 countries or something like that, 160. And you know, that that structure, that nineteen fifty-eight convention, it's a completely integrated platform in law. Like nobody ever blinks, they use it for everything. It's not remotely controversial or unusual. And it just turns out that Ian figured out that you could use that to enforce cryptographic contracts as real contracts, simply by selecting an arbitrator that understood them to be that. Hmm. And that's a fundamental plaque. That is not going away. The New York convention is pretty much inviolate. So, um, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. With the proviso that there's been a lot of abuse of arbitration in America by corporations that were basically setting up kangaroo courts. And I think that that will be one of our big operational
1: problems. Mm. So, like, what's the holy grail moment for Materium's success for you, like, when... If materium is used in a court of law, like and it, it and it protects the individual's property, like what's the holy grail moment that you're, that you're building up to? We we just we just had it. Um, UK
3: jurisdiction task force, UK, uh, which was established. The UK doesn't really have a written constitution, so everything is a little squishier here. But basically, the UK jurisdiction task force is a thing that was created by the court system and the government to study ways that you could make the UK's jurisdiction more legally relevant, maybe legally useful. Uh, You'd have to read their mandate to know exactly what they're doing. But they they spent a couple of years trying to come up with an arbitration framework for ruling on disputes involving crypto technology, smart contracts and crypto tokens. I think they use the term crypto assets. Um, And we spent a couple of years in a long persistent engagement with those guys and the final set of regulations that they've put forward, not regulations, standards, norms that they've put forward, uh, has two or three critical things that we said were super important and they listened to us and they're in there. Or not just us, they listened to the industry, but we were certainly in the room. Um, and so we've gotten pretty much UK government approval for the approach that we're taking involving the integration of cryptography and law. It's a really big deal. That set of rules says that the arbitrator who is overseeing one of these rulings can use a crypto key to award property from one person to another person if the underlying software technology allows it, and they can do that in their role as a judge. Now, Mm. the implication of that is this. If we have an escrow contract and, you know, uh, let's say that Jesse makes the decision about which one of us is going to get the money out of the escrow, If we think that Jesse has done the wrong thing, Jesse can get sued. So the person making the decision on the escrow is not fully legally insulated. An arbitrator, on the other hand, in practically all countries, is fully legally insulated in the same way that a judge is fully legally insulated. So now you get into the escrow contract, you take it to an arbitrator, the arbitrator decides who will have the money, sticks their ledger into their laptop, does the transaction, moves the money and the entire thing is finally completely settled. Nobody can overturn the arbitration because there is no appeal process and the money has been awarded directly by the arbitrator's hand and the arbitrator is legally insulated. I mean, this is spectacular power. It's Mm. so much progress. Uh, Because now you can just weld the crypto ecosystem right into the real world because we've got everything we need to do that. Hmm. It it is just it is game changing. How has that happened? Good.
0: Go as I said, now that that's happened, now that you've met that milestone, that's quite drastic. What's next? What do you like? What do you take it from there?
3: Okay, so we're going to launch towards the end of this month. Here, are gold bricks. You can buy gold. It goes into the vault. Once it's in the vault, we transform it into an NFT. The bars are individually numbered and allocated, which is incredibly important. Uh, you can't be working with gold bars that don't have a number on them because if they don't have a number on them, you have a claim on a bar, but it's like a debt. Whereas if you do have a number, it's not a claim on a bar. The bar is your property. Right? Anytime you're working with gold, allocated bars. Not, not, not unallocated bars, allocated bars. So <clears throat> the thing that we are... Pushing here is a concept, right. right? And we're not the only people in this game, but we're definitely leading this concept called NTFA. And here I want to go out on a limb and say, look, the rivalry between Bitcoin people and gold people is like two siblings in the back of a car poking each other with sticks, right? It is the dumbest thing on earth because Bitcoiners and gold, gu- gold bugs, these are natural allies, right? The people that believe the state should not control the money supply are like 1% of the global population. And why inside of that 1% of the global population are they fighting with each other? It's ridiculous, right? So what we are going to attempt to build out is an absolutely gigantic superhighway between gold and Bitcoin. So that if you feel that you're taking too much risk on Bitcoin, you exit to gold And if you are getting bored with gold because the gold price moves like a snail on volume, you might want to exit to Bitcoin. And for most investors, your Bitcoin to gold ratio is pretty much the only number that you need to adjust if you want to change your risk exposure to the global economy.
2: It's interesting that you chose that. (laughs) No, it's interesting that you chose that and not Ethereum because like, as you said, you, you saw e-gold, you came, you were, you participated in, Mm -hmm. and these, you know, the predecessors, right. And, and it seems like you, you see so much opportunity in terms of what you can do with smart contracts on Ethereum. It's just Mm -hmm. surprising that you would, you would create a system that interconnects Bitcoin and gold. Well,
3: the system that interconnects Bitcoin and gold is Mm -hmm. Ethereum.
2: Right.
3: Okay. Okay. NFTs, right? So, if you have a four hundred ounce gold bar, it's currently worth about five hundred ether,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right? Uh, seven, eight, seven or eight hundred thousand dollars. So, if you have a five hundred ounce, uh, sorry, a four hundred ounce gold good delivery bar, mm-hmm. you turn the bar into an NFT. We've got all of this lovely court machinery to make sure that the NFT really does control the bar, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you just turn your Bitcoin into wrapped Bitcoin, toss it into a smart contract, and walk out with the gold bar and you've suddenly hedged any risk that you were carrying is now hedged by that much gold. Okay. And, you know, this is a game changer because the gold industry the gold industry is desperate for this Bitcoin thing to get exposure to this thing, to get into the game, to figure out how to make their shiny metal relevant to these crypto lunatics and their <laughs> enormous beautiful dream. And the answer to that is like, look, why, if the objective is eventually to get away from state-issued money, why is it that every time somebody wants to exit something to control their risk, they wind up exiting into dollar-denominated stuff, right? Why mm-hmm. would why why exit a non-state currency into a state currency? Mm-hmm. Exit yes. a non-state currency into gold, like normal people.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. What um, if what if Bitcoin allows smart contracts in the future? Like I think Corey talks about Taproot and no. how I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Or, would you would you do that
0: options there yeah
2: yeah i mean i i got nothing against I
3: mean, uh taproot and root, taproot and root stock are they the same thing no. no
0: Rootstock is a federated chain that is a basically an evm clone with a pool of validators that ties into bitcoin
3: yeah and
0: so it's more like a side chain where uh taproot is the implementation of schnorr signatures in a more complex scripting system inside bitcoin which mm. has which remains to be seen whether or not it actually gets implemented into the Bitcoin core protocol.
3: Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, we don't need that much smart contract firepower to make Materium work. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, doing it in something that is kind of sidechain like I would worry a little about the stability of that, but if it gets built into Bitcoin core and it's capable of doing Basically, ext- I mean, the, the minimum that we need to get something to happen is extendable arrays.
0: Are you are you familiar with Merkleized abstracts and tech trees? Yes. That's what it is.
3: Okay. Oh.
0: Yeah. I've read an article on it. Yeah, you can do it. It's it's probably even more privacy preserving than uh, other smart contracts because you don't expose the entire tree of options, just the one that's actually done.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. So the whole tree goes in at the beginning and then you're just moving around like a, almost like a state diagram. Yeah. Ah, well, that is a little tricky. I was assuming that you could modify the tree and upload a new tree as the state comes no, in. I'd have to take a look at the detail. I mean, it sounds like it's roughly equivalent to a finite state machine. I'd have to... Yeah, no, I don't okay. know. Yeah, no, man, don't matter. But, I mean, the bottom line is that we don't need much power. And if it has enough power then binding this stuff directly into Bitcoin, absolutely. Because, you know, there's no need for additional layers of complexity if all you want to do is move legal rights around. Mm -hmm. Like legal rights are not inherently difficult to shove from one system to another system. You know, the the law is designed to work. Like, you know, if you write your signature on a piece of paper, it doesn't matter whether it's a beer mat or not. The law will recognize it. Mm-hmm. So similarly, if you've got some way of expressing what your legal intent was in a durable format, then there shouldn't be any problem getting the courts to recognize it. And if the courts recognize it, then you can move property around in a vault system.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think it, that's kind of the critical the thing. The, the beautiful thing about your approach is like the court system doesn't work. Uh, this Maybe I'm not saying the right words here, but I feel like it doesn't work as much on consensus as it does precedent like, once the precedent is there, then other courts are just going to go to the precedent that's set and either pivot off of it or use it. So, um, well, um I mean, it's not, right. it's not rocket surgery
3: at the end of the day, right? Like, <clears throat> are you the rightful owner by contract law of this, you know, one kilogram gold bar? Yeah, I bought it. Here's the money I paid for it. Here's the purse that I paid for it. Uh, you know, that I paid for it. You know, here's my documentation that I did that transaction. Mm-hmm. Here's my statement I didn't do, give it to anybody else. You know, you're, you're just amassing evidence for somebody yeah. to make a common sense decision, which is you paid for it and you, therefore it's your property. Yep. Um, and as long as we've got, you know, a nice clean paper trail and everybody understands what they're buying before they put their money down, courts have no reason to object to that because it's just a continuation of what, you know, rightful, reasonable business looks like. You know we, because we're not i mean because we're dealing with physical property and the transfer of ownership of physical property we don't have to directly embrace the philosophical complexity of what is a cryptocurrency you know if we were issuing a token the question is well so what is the real legal standing of this token and then there's uh, jurisdictions, make one decision rah, rah, rah. whereas if it's just like who owns this gold brick that is sort of a question the courts are really well designed for dealing with. And it's largely mm-hmm. a question of intent and execution of intent. And, you know, the intent is that I will sell you this gold brick and return you will give me a car. We both agree that that was our intention. We both agree that we attempted to do it. We discover that something got screwed up in the software and the software is now broken. You still want to give me the car and I still want to give you the gold brick. A judge just comes in and says, yeah, yeah, we understand the blockchain contract was all screwed up we understand both parties are very happy for the transaction to go ahead as planned cancel the contract do this instead you know it's it's not asking the courts to do anything the courts aren't super comfortable with they just need a little help with the technology unfortunately this uk jurisdiction task force stuff really helps because it it gives a very clear understanding of how the uk court system wants this stuff done Hmm. it's super radical
2: i mean that is so interesting
3: yeah it's very very deep in the woods it's deep in the kind of nerdy backwaters of reality that this stuff is happening mm-hmm. but when you change the way that the machinery of justice works even in very small ways the fate of nations is affected mm-hmm. because now the uk is probably the best place in the world to hold crypto assets
2: hmm. it's interesting how like i was reading like a, a little bio about you finney and it, you, you talk about how i guess when you were younger when you were 25 you were more of a libertarian and how you've kind of shifted a little bit, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not quite sure what, though. Not <laughs> no question. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess we have some, some very short questions, and then we'll kind of wrap it from here. Um, I have a question. I don't think the phrase NFT sticks. I just think it's too... I mean, what do you think? I don't think it's like marketable. I think it's kind of like it's weird. Someone's like, Mm -hmm. hey, is there an NFT for that? You're like, what? Isn't that the little code on the back of a soda bottle NFT? What are you talking Mm -hmm. about? Like, well, if it doesn't stick, what would we call them? Like,
2: there's a there's a website called Nifty. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. They
1: stole my idea. They must have listened to the show and stole my idea. (laughs) Right.
0: We talked about that. We went to an NYC NFT uh, right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. do you There's have a nifty nifty nifties, nifties? I mean That's six. think of like you know a lot of people will still say gif right mm-hmm. or they'll say you know jpeg or but we still say like pdf pdf stuck we don't That's say true PDF, right? pdf
1: did stick pretty
0: well. pdf hard.
3: did stick right but you JPEG, know what it is yeah you know what it is But pdf is you know, only like jpeg is much better than pdf right i like to yes
1: i like to propose a change that fillable pdf should be dot f pdf and not just dot pdf because you don't know if you're (laughs) sending the fillable one or the non-fillable one and then you run into like three days worth of hey i can't print this and fill this out so then it's like okay what the hell like and then you got to go back and find oh i've got two copies this must be the fillable one so Mm -hmm. nerds everywhere if you're listening can we change the extension to .fpdf so that everyone knows it's a fillable PDF, and you know it would just help everyone. It would help the whole fucking world. So that yeah. idea came from me. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, uh, I, I would say maybe maybe you make it PHDF and then it could be fitted. Sure, <laughs> just something different because I send way too many PDFs and I'm like, I can't can I can't do anything with this. I'm not at a printer. I'll oh, see yeah. you in two days, and I'm like. It's a ah. fillable PDF. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I mean, I,
3: I reckon with this, what you'll get is there'll be some overwhelmingly gigantically successful thing that will come out of the NFTs and it might well be these top shots. So it could be that the you know the regular world will just call all the NFTs top shots and you we'll know, oh, no. wave a little <laughs> fist in the air. No, only our thing is a top that's shot. And everybody that that's is a first. true Whatever. statement. Uber. Yeah.
1: Like, xerox and kleenex
3: whatever and dude do you things.
0: have any ketchup up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man so it could, um, it
1: could just be August, you
3: know, or, so, or some other brand has a huge hit and that's how it becomes named but i think NFT NF- is it's okay
2: it's okay it's not too bad um jesse also has a question he'd like to ask you <laughs> okay uh I, i've been thinking about modifying it but we'll, we'll deliver it as is it's it's uh is what you do actually difficult
1: Oh, oh, oh. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, it, 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 <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's,
3: it's. I mean, over the course of a working day, I will go from you know worrying about where the JavaScript is going to be stored for a thing <laughs> to um, trying to figure out where we're going to get physical vaulting arranged for a new asset class. You know. Okay. And in the middle, there'll be a whole bunch of, you know, discussions about can we potentially do this using a ZK snark based, you know, layer two solution. So the thing which is hard is, you know, I need total systemic knowledge about maybe six or seven disciplines. You know, I need to know a ton about insurance. I need to know a ton about, you know, the smart contracts. I need to know a ton about the underlying property rights, uh, the physical vaulting, the custody arrangements. It's just knowledge across a huge range of different fields interlocked into a kind of seamless process. Um, and, you know, we're now, Materium is now large enough that I've got specialists in almost all of those areas fairly fairly on tap. Uh, we still need somebody who's really knowledgeable about vaulting at art storage. I'm, I'm short somebody that just knows exactly how to get that done in specific ways. So if anybody is listening to this and has a background in the vaulting industry, please be in touch. Um, uh, but the, yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the diversity of knowledge and the being able to maintain a story consistently across all those mm-hmm. different disciplines so it forms an integrated product. This is the hard
2: part of what I do. Thank you for being honest. Yeah, that, uh, that, that is really. one thing I, uh, if you have any advice, how do you maintain that breadth and that interconnect, in, interconnectivity of the knowledge and being able to functionally apply it? How do you do that? Um, I took basically
3: everything that I could out of my life that was not immediately relevant, right? And I, I don't mean like I stopped watching TV and I live like a monk, but like I don't touch my calendar. Somebody else does my calendar for me, right? I try not to respond to emails unless I'm the only person that can do that, let somebody else handle it, right? So to make the mental space, what I had to do was externalize out all of the things that were sources of mental noise to the point where I could put my attention firmly on that problem and basically nothing else. Mm. So I do probably a third or maybe two thirds less of the things that CEOs typically do because those functions have gone out to other members of my team. And that makes time for long uninterrupted blocks where I can actually think about things and do this very detailed analysis of like, where does this go, where does this go? How do these things relate to each other? I don't know enough about this. I need to go talk to some. And so it's just this thing of making the space for the research that is the critical thing about being able to get the depth. Um, Because the CEO role is typically that one is extremely busy and very fast moving, and it's all about the cycle time and how much you could get through in a day. And unfortunately, these kind of highly complex problems, this is a dead end. if you're going to be the decision maker on this stuff, you have to make the time to do the research and the thinking. And I think in a lot of companies, what happens is that the CEO then hires people to do that for them and then goes back to being the busy guy that takes care of everything. I'm hoping to do this the other way around, where I hire an operations person who is going to be the busy guy and I can continue to do this kind of ship navigation function you know, across these kind of you know astral realms of infinite complexity. Thank you. Uh, Because, I mean, there's some great stuff coming down the line. Like, you know, I'm fascinated by the mixing of um, radio opaque epoxy resin into radio transparent epoxy resin. So you take these two epoxy resins, you swirl them around in a cup to make a kind of complex mixture, and then you smear it on the back of something that you're going to do like a sculpture on top of, like the base of a sculpture or at the frame of a painting or actually the canvas of the painting. And then if you take an x-ray of the thing, You know, you've got this kind of fractal swirling complexity to allow you to identify it for sure the next time somebody takes a look at it. And all you need is a cheap x-ray machine. They're not that expensive. So, you know, I I really want to get into the nerdy detail and like, oh, could we manufacture things? Like, could you do that in injection molded plastic? Mm -hmm. You know, you swirl in the x-ray into the injection molded plastic and then you'd basically take a CAT scan of you know, a cubic meter of, let's say, toys, right? And every single toy has an individual footprint, uh, fingerprint because Mm -hmm. it's made out of this swirl. You know, like, so, you know, you you just don't get to think those kind of thoughts if you're doing 75 things in a day. I agree. You need the space to be able to
1: really focus on things and say, well,
3: why?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That's very interesting. So, in other words, you delegate very well.
3: Um, I got better at delegating after several years of being bad at it. <laughs> it takes some failures to get good at. it. That's yeah. Scary. I've gotten. I mean, I've gotten to the point. And to be honest, it's not so much that I got good at it. It was the people around me got used to me just throwing them plates and them having a cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about something right now. Um, Anton. I mean, my my poor managing director. That guy's run into the ground. Uh, I'm trying to find somebody for him to hand off to because Anton is the guy that did the majority of the work on getting the UK Jurisdiction Task Force interface between us and Materium, uh, between Materium and us, them, set up. You know, Anton was the guy that actually ran most of that interface for us. He's very, very good at doing things like justice reform. That's his previous career. He's a court reformer. Um, So, you know, he's currently, I need to get Anton back onto the justice track, which means we've got to figure out who's going to be the busy guy. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, it's been very much a process of me just externalizing huge amounts of the mm-hmm. actual busy complexity stuff just to get the un- uninterrupted blocks of time to actually figure out what we're doing.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'd never found the the verbiage for that until I recently read a, a, a popular book on the matter called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Yeah, He gives, like, a really good – he puts words and structure to that concept of making the space for – um, like concentrated thinking and not context switching. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you can't get anything done of like any real complexity or difficulty without doing that. Yeah. And if you are always context switching, you can never get to the point where you can do those things. I read that book on your recommendation. Save
1: saved my life.
0: Uh, our last, uh, I guess our last, our last uh, I'll get that out of the way so we can, we can chit chat for as long as we need to. And 10 words or less, could you describe NFTs?
3: Um, So I'm going to give two descriptions, right? So the legal description is going to be an NFT is a transferable property, right? Typically tied to intellectual property, but also tied to physical stuff, right? Transferable property, right? Um, But the the civilian thing, the, the customer definition of the NFT is it's that thing in my phone, you know, it's that icon in my phone that I paid money for, right? I think to ordinary people, NFTs look way more like apps than they look like say music, you know, cause an app is a thing like it's an icon and you pay money for it and it sits on your phone and it lets you do something. So I think for the, for most people, the place where NFTs will slot in their brains is right beside the app store rather than right beside iTunes because people haven't paid for music by the song in a generation, mostly they're doing this stuff by streaming now. So, you know, the, the digital content you actually pay for in like specific lumps, that's mostly apps these days.
0: Interesting concept, um, I was thinking about that in terms of required infrastructure, something like that.
1: Yeah,
3: cause you know, like the critical thing about the NFT is it's a digital thing that you pay for and then you can sell it to somebody else. Well, how much better would your experience of apps be if when you were done with an app you could sell it again
0: yeah i've i've thought about this i've thought about nfts since their inception well mm-hmm. like i guess popular inception with crypto kitties when they made the standard the erc 721 yeah, yeah um but and that kind of led the way with a lot of the other like blockchain specific useful applications uh and then I've thought about things like software licenses and transferable software licenses for things like, you know, hey, I, I want to use this particular piece of software for a specific time. I'm done with it. I'll transfer it. That's that NFT would be a decently useful uh, incantation of that. Mm-hmm. And there's, like there's there's that supply chain manufacturing and Providence. Oh, yeah. There, enjoy. There's a whole industry that could be reformed uh-huh. using that type of stuff.
3: Oh, absolutely. That's, it's, Absolutely. I mean, if, think of that mess with mortgage, um, mortgage-backed securities, where nobody could find the mortgage paperwork.
0: Yeah, it's interesting That's to cool. see where this will possibly go, and whether or not it may undertake, or, I mean, overtake the original kind of uh, pool of digital scarcity that was cryptocurrencies. Because I've, I've thought about what that is, in a lot of ways, and like what that represents as like a, uh, a proxy for value for a specific community. Hmm. Hmm. Um and how it differentiates itself from, like, unique value for a community.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the cryptocurrency is how you buy, and the NFT is what you buy. You know, it's it's a figure ground thing. You know, we've got a pool of cryptocurrency, but there's not much you can buy with the cryptocurrency. Then the NFT comes along, and the NFT is the thing you buy with the cryptocurrency.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that, yeah.
3: Um, Because, you know, think of the number of people that can now make a living with crypto that couldn't before we started having out artists making NFTs and selling them. You know, we've just made it possible for, I don't know, 100 million people to have the potential to make a living selling NFTs. I don't know how many actually will, but if you're a visual artist and there are a lot of visual artists, suddenly you've got an entire new marketplace in crypto and those people are going to become probably the dominant players in crypto. I think that crypto is going to be completely dominated by visual artists in the next two, three years. It will just be crypto as an art platform that did a bunch of finance stuff in the early days. (laughs) Because culture, you know, culture is where it's at in terms of numbers of people that can get engaged. Right. Finance is like a tiny, tiny corner of the world, whereas movies is gigantic and NFTs is like moving the crypto industry way towards movies, you're going to go to crypto conferences and it's going to be a whole bunch of you know art folks and like half a dozen nerds in the corners whining about when it used to be that everybody used to bring their own wall- wallets and people talked code. I think we're going to see a huge cultural evolution as the right brain people come in and are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, just make it work. I want to sell some toys. Um, and that, you guys, I have to wrap, unfortunately. i got stuff coming right up. Good timing. We got a wrap,
1: too. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Always
0: a pleasure.
1: Hey, fun times together. Thank you for coming back for a, what is this, the fourth time to the network? Well, it's not That's really a network cool. anymore, but I know you, we've interviewed you twice for the Bitcoin podcast. This will be three yeah. times now and then hashing it out. So uh, and, thank you. Know, you. Here we go. you know, we're finally doing stuff. You know, it was theory, 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 theory.
3: And now we're actually finally shipping that bastard. My God.
1: Feels good. All last ship is a podcast. So I just get to just enjoy all this shit. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: Time all is right. coming. Time Thank is you coming. very much. Thank you, Vinay. Gentlemen, fantastic. Really enjoyed. Really enjoyed. And we're back.
0: I was literally just like, how long is this interview? <laughs> <And> <laughs> we're back. <laughs> We just,
1: we just made a rapid course adjustment, and what you saw was live action tactics. Because I don't know what. Oh we no, because like I
0: don't last. think no, that was like it's a ten minute it's a ten minute section, right? In between, so like for anyone who's watching live, because like the table isn't now live, right? You can just you can sit yeah. and watch them if you're a patron, 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 up there, it's over there, up there. Jesse. Jesse's got Some it. Jesse's, Jesse's got it. Yeah, there yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, so, uh, and so what we we thought about it was like we, we, for all the time that we've been doing this, for the years we've been doing this, we literally would re- record roundtables and we'd be like, all right, I'm the interview. And then we just say cut, right? And then we wait 15 seconds and we go back to the end of the end of the episode. And so now that we're doing live video and people can watch this shit, uh we're just gonna play a portion we're like I think a five to ten minute portion of the interview for people to watch. So they get a clip, a live clip of what the interview was, and we and we pick it back up. So now we're we're on the we're on the back end of that, and we can pick it back up. Hmm. I think. Well, if you, if you don't like that, we can change it. it. Doesn't really matter.
2: No, I think I think I think a segment, a, a clip of it played during the live um, show makes sense. I got five
0: minutes you know. is probably better though.
2: Yeah, maybe.
1: I got an idea. I think my idea is a mega hit smasher, but we'll talk about that later. Um, mega hit smasher bang. <laughs> mega hit. That was like a. That was my favorite thing about the Black Eyed Peas ever. That that I don't know. I'll, most of their music is trash. The first two albums are great. But for some reason, there was an album where, like, every other song, there was an interlude where they had some random guy go, mega heat, smasher. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> who
0: that? Who thought that was a good idea in the studio? And they were all like, yeah. Whiteclef clef Jean is one of the better artists in, the, in this in, in this generation. So, oh, yeah. Be careful. Oh, but that's not Wyclef. <laughs> Did I say clef I
1: said the Black Eyed Peas. Whiteclef isn't the Black Eyed Peas.
0: No.
1: No, he's not. Will I am is in the black eyed peas, and you're racist.
0: All I know is that Will I am is definitely in gonna, the black eyed peas. I need to figure out what I'm thinking about. Again. You're gonna be oh, wrong I'm gonna, again. I'm be Corey. hard wrong here. I'm gonna figure out what I'm thinking about. This is just I, like y'all continue. You I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna mute. <laughs> y'all keep going. Please listen, some Corey. I,
2: I like I like most of the black eyed Peas songs. You know,
0: guilty feet have
1: got no rhythm. All right, is that a bad <laughs> one? Like, what's a bad one? <laughs> um.
0: I would say the the one the that, Fugees. I, what am I thinking? I'm fucking thinking they're Fuji's. Yeah, I mean, man. I I apologize profusely for my ignorance, and I will not talk for the rest of this episode. No, it's first, like,
2: like my 2000 is in the Black Eyed Peas too, right? I'll give this to you, Corey. And that's only because I
1: only because I love you. Will I Am and Why Cliff John? If you put dreadlocks on Will I Am, Dang, it might to be tough. You. It might be t- it might be tough. It might be tough. That's a good friend, Corey. It might be tough. To save,
0: save I, I I appreciate that save, but it's no, it's not no, it's just wrong. It's just pure wrong. It is.
1: It's like calling George two, Mike Dice. It's <laughs>
0: <That's> pretty <laughs> wrong. <laughs>
1: That's a wonderful <laughs> that analogy to what's just happened. Man. It's pretty bad. No. Um shit. Let's talk about crypto. We don't even fucking talking about crypto anymore. Yeah, so what um, we wanted
0: to talk about after this was um this concept you brought up of like this, this APY on NFT, what does that look like?
2: Degenerate, yeah. well, Did- <laughs> oh, I'm gonna mute myself for a second. Y'all.
0: By the way, that's a lot of acronyms, so maybe we should define some of them for, for newer audiences.
2: I think, I think you're gonna have a lot of really young kids getting into that.
0: Like, <laughs> so like, APY is, is, is was like, what is, what is the A? annual, annual percentage pretty. yield annual annual percentage yield so like yes how much you're getting off the top in a year from mm-hmm. your investment right so like i invested this thing what is the expected return over the course of a year from this investment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. legit like reasonable explanation for apy
1: yeah
0: cool uh nft you now i talked about that in the beginning if you weren't listening Stop. Rewind. Stop. Rewind. Try again. Rewind. Rewind and try again. Be kind. Oh God. Keep going, boy. I'm
2: here. I'm all ears. What is it?
0: What What is it? So, like, how? Like you were saying, like, what does that look like, right? So, like, and something that happened, something that was said in that interview, which is what something I thought about was interesting. We built this concept of digital currency. Um, it remains to be seen what it's useful for. Like we have digital scarcity, Uh, we've associated value with it, but more often than not, it's like a storage of value. I park my money here in hopes that it gains paper like paper value, but I'm not sure what I can do with it. In a lot of ways, Mm. and what what the fuck are you doing? What business? Dee just popped up in a book. For those who aren't watching the video, deep popped up in a large book that said business math on I it. I practice what I preach. Sometimes you get to uh,
1: pull out the textbook every once in a while. What's interesting
0: about this is like the NFT space and like this like non-fungible token space and attachment to physical goods is literally a place in which you can use that digital currency to buy things. Mm-hmm. So we have the the fungible part, what we call cash, what we call money. And then we have this marketplace of goods for a, a a myriad of things, a bunch of different use cases, things, whatever that you can then use this money on. And it's mm-hmm. and, it, and it's 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 built together like the rails that push these two things is identical. Mm-hmm. That's fucking, beautiful. That's awesome, right? It's like sexy.
1: You want to know the cool thing about APY as a performance
0: indicator, Jesse? Point at yeah. you. Yeah. Go for Pointing it. Point at you, Jesse. He's got, the, he's got a pointer for some reason because he has no whiteboard or any other thing to point on.
1: The, the unique thing about APY as a performance indicator is because it is a generalized performance indicator, meaning anything in the world can have an annual percentage yield. I could have an annual percentage yield on the amount of mold growing on something that I planted if I were growing mold. I could have an annual percentage yield on, um, I don't know, if I buy a certain thing. How much more of that thing am I going to have a year from now? Or mm-hmm. if I plant something or if I if I if I build something or uh, if I if I say, hey, here's a group of people who are building a thing. You know, what's the annual percentage yield on how fast they build a thing? So you can literally have an APY of any of the things so long as you're creative. What's the yield? The yield is whatever the fuck you want to make it. Yield is a general
2: term. I love so it. So what, what 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 do you Beautiful. want to talk about besides that? Uh, 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 Cause, like, I, th- I thought you were going like, to talk about <laughs> that know, so know. that you could you could like link a new concept, you know, or like. Uh, just, I mean, you know, he just like
0: basically it. said APY is awesome. That's it. Nothing, that's all I did. Nothing okay. else. That's all he said. Right. Okay. No, no I but like, but like talk we, about well, like volatility literally... of
2: APYs, because like that's something that's like you know really yes. relevant, right? So you have stability, right? Absolutely. You have the I, I think something that most people aren't thinking about, like I mentioned in the Avalanche channel when Yagi was talking about staking rewards. Um, you actually can't just rely on the staking rewards and say that, okay, because like, for instance, that specific example I used was Cardano. They have an APY on paper of like, say 7%, right? But if you look at the adjusted uh, APY, right, mm-hmm. it's actually negative 2%, negative 2.04, negative 2.4, something like that, right? So people, I, I, I assume the smart people are looking at adjusted apys right and they're also factoring that into again like you said it's it's an indicator it's a generalized indicator so you can't just look at that one thing right but that that is one thing to take into account into a whole bunch of other variables that do adjust the apy in real time and so i think maybe if you guys know any any other factors that might adjust what's
0: adjusted what do you mean by adjusted? can you explain that
2: Mm -hmm. so so yeah, yeah. So um, as you as you increase the amount of token in circulation, if it outpaces um, the l- let me let me just pull it up so I can read it. Verbatim.
0: So here's an example, right? I want to try to make I want to like make a concrete example for people to understand. Uh, I got I got a raise, right? Cool. Um, am I making more money? To me, are you? You at, are. At, at, you are. Not that. Yeah. from a a surface level standpoint, I may be making money. But if that raise is not commensurate or on the same level as the level of inflation of the underlying currency that I take my money in, then the buying power of the money that I make is less than what it would be if it's not at the same level of inflation. So like if if my raise, if I got a raise every year that Mm -hmm. matched inflation, then my buying power stays the exact same. Right. Like this exactly. is something that's that's that's, that's directly relatable to people in their mm-hmm. everyday lives. Yes, yeah, if right? Yeah, yeah. See? And if high so what 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 you're saying is that the adjusted APY takes into account the inflation rate of the of, of the of the underlying asset. Absolutely. So like like going back to what you're
2: saying, if you're not getting a raise for like at least say two percent is the average inflation. If you're not getting a raise of two percent every year, you're essentially losing money, burning money. Yeah, you're you're boot burning it, losing it, whatever you want to say, right? Big Correct. And uh, if your money like so, that's what that's that's why I c- I keep bringing up this concept of like if your money isn't growing, your your money if your money's stagnant, your money is essentially you're losing it. Your your wealth is being diminished. Yes. you have to keep that shit growing.
0: Absolutely. D, why do you have so many pins in your hand?
2: Once <laughs> a pencil. You is have it? you have
0: three. You have three small pin-like utensils. Four. I'm, using, small for, <laughs> I'm utensils.
2: using these for pointing purposes. I'm using <laughs> these for pointing
1: purposes. All right. You're not supposed to say anything, Corey. You're stealing the
0: comedic effect. I was hoping that you just not up with like 15 of them and <laughs> I didn't, in the notice it. I didn't notice it. You had the pointer at start, and then I looked back, <laughs> and you have four things in your hand. <laughs> you you just stole the comedy out of it. Oh no, I I've, I've enjoyed I just, the comedy of it. I just it's slowly just realized
1: I it. have all these fucking pins laying around. I'm
0: like, damn, what's <laughs> what <is> that? What does that mean for? Oh uh, train <Trey laughs> wreck. Oh, we're going off the rails. Oh, okay. Sorry, that's that going off the rails. Sorry, that the rails. Sorry. we have a gift rails. now for off the rails.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is great. <laughs> I love I
0: love this.
2: Um, That's clever, Alicia.
1: So yes, Jesse's absolutely right. Uh, since in the economy that we live in, uh, you know, if you're not three point three percent adjusting your money upward every year, you're losing value. And I know what you're thinking, like, but wait a second, like, I've got all this money. It's a big pile of money. Yeah, by the time that big pile of money is supposed to be supporting you when you're elderly, it's not going to buy you that many groceries. It's just not. I'm sorry. That's the system that we live in, right? So every year you got to be thinking of, okay, how can I make my money go up three point five percent? Whether it's investing, whether it's finding some unique saving account, it's probably not, right? So traditional
0: finance, you getting three percent on traditional finance. Yeah,
1: it becomes a measure of rates, right? That's why credit. That's why house debt is good because you're going. What is it? It's a two. interest rate, right? So you're getting that negative 2% negative. But if your investments are 11% to the good, then you're 9% to the good, right? Um, You know, just the quick napkin math for you guys, right? That's why credit card debt is horrendous because that's 22% to the negative. What in the hell are you going to do in a year to give you greater than 22% return on that year's worth of financial activity? Uh, Not a lot of things except for crypto. Am I fucking right, guys? Am I fucking yeah. right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> depends well, on the year. I, <laughs> right. But what, no. what, so, like, yeah. back, like bringing it back to crypto, I'm curious about like the, the the original conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, and that is this interaction between earnings and NFTs because NFTs are gonna be this like I own this thing, and there's gonna be value associated with just owning it. Uh, And from there, you're probably going to start making derivatives off ownership of various entities. So if I I try and put this directly into something that I can imagine going on now, no. It's going to be, if I look at the Avalanche network, right, what constitutes a node, you're you're muted, D. Uh, if (laughs) If I look what constitutes a node in Avalanche. It is a it is a certificate authority. It is literally a piece of of like traditional cryptography that I own that says this is my node, and I can move that that CA or piece of cryptography to whatever computer I want. And when I start a node on that computer, it is the node that the, that the whole network recognizes. So the ownership of that node has some type of reputation associated with it. People delegate. People may delegate to that node and make money off of it. That is essentially an NFT. It is a piece of unique digital art, d- digital thing. But we haven't recognized it as that type of thing in the crypto industry. So, like, I can sell ownership of a specific piece of property that makes money. So you have you have this like multi sided marketplace of I have ownership of the thing that makes money. And then I have all of the things that derive value from ownership of that thing. And that goes back to like the, the, like the status concept, right? Where we have the multi-sided marketplace for, for sticker market. We have, we have an, we have an art marketplace for those who have created art and stickers in the, in the status, in the status uh, sticker marketplace. So artists can create stickers, they deploy them, they make money off them. They decide where that money goes. And, and then we have people who buy, buy those stickers and use them in the application. Both of those things are NFTs. So like you can make, so like I can make as an artist, a unique premier set of stickers and maybe only 20 people can have them. So people buy that as an NFT. They can use them in the status application and they can use those stickers as like fun emojis in whatever communities they're in. Mm -hmm. And then that makes a bunch of money. Well, me as an artist, I can say, well, I'm going to monetize the ownership of this thing and I can sell that as a a separate NFT. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of weird stuff you can do pouring (laughs) water on the money tree. like like, to me, like, see, like, those are examples of like interactions of, Money and ownership mm-hmm. of digital goods that we have yet to explore, I think. Yeah.
1: We'll to- just wait, man. Like, the th- I, I just get so excited about this stuff. And I usually don't like, no, yeah, I do. I fucking talk about price a lot now because I'm right. So, like, the financial, the financial, <laughs> nobody saw that. Nobody, sw- <laughs> nobody saw sw- that. <laughs> the financial, um, industry which is a very poor way to put it let's let's call it segment uh, once these people that you know went to school for finance and learned all these cool algorithms and formulas that do all kinds of neat things with money and and finance and financial situations and um, you know, financial products really start to get their sink their teeth into this stuff shit's gonna get crazy really fast it's already gotten to the point where it's like i can't keep up with this shit there's balger there's zebras there's fucking and there rhino there's sushi i don't even fucking know what sushi is i know coinbase has it now like i'm just trying to figure all this shit out then Corey, you sent me that website not too long ago where you can like plug and play different d5 DeFi, DeFi protocols and <laughs> protocols and try to make your own money machine like it's it's a wrap like there's not a single sane person on the planet that is gonna say like oh I could just sit on my money, and at best get three and a half percent return on the year. Or I could just like play with it a little bit and probably get like fifteen, twenty percent. Just
0: yeah, play from, with it, a bit or just lose it. Yeah, or lose it. It's, yeah, for sure. Happen. happen. Yeah, but Me, what are dude.
1: the odds of losing it if you play?
0: In the <laughs> well, it's in getting the it's board. getting better. We're like you're gonna be like at 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 worst case scenario. Well, this is you a good point. Stay the same. This is a good point. Let's
1: outline, though. Let's outline all. Let's 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 outline. Okay, Wolverine. All the. Let's outline how losing it works and how our audience can stay away from losing.
0: Well, that's an interesting part because I've been thinking about this from um, a tax perspective, right? Mm -hmm. I sold a bunch of crypto this 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 year. It It was a bull run. It, hit, it, it reached the peak. I said it reached the peak. I sold a bunch of crypto.
1: Damn. List of money right? buckets over here. Look at you go.
0: Oh, we. I called it twice. Keep listening, right? I <laughs> uh, say sell. It's probably a good time. Uh, Take a little bit off the top. Uh, But like a part of that is I learned my lesson from previous times. And I need to understand how to handle taxes associated with selling these things. And so when I sold, I sold enough that the taxes are taken care of. But that money is going to sit for a while, right? Like I have this like money that I've set aside for paying taxes on the money that I sold because I want to make sure that I take into account. I don't I, I want to be burdened by paying taxes later on down the line. So I set that money aside. Now that money's just going to sit, but we're in DeFi. Why would I let it sit? So now you're, 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 we're in a position where I can set I can put my money in a spot. Where it doesn't actually change, in terms of its underlying value, but it it makes money.
2: But here's the question: Do does the further money, like say you pull it and you put it into USDC, does that two percent APY on US, USDC incur taxes?
0: Yes, further? it does. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. So like the 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 gains that I make mm-hmm. from the interest of whatever I'm putting this money into, does that get taxable? Yeah. But the underlying uh, of the underlying, was it principle? Doesn't that that money that I'm setting aside to pay taxes stays there? I can't lose that money. Well, depending upon the risk of whatever I'm putting it into, you can lose that money. But that's not volatile. It just stays there, and then it accrues money because people are using it for various things mm-hmm. as liquidity for other services. Let me slice so this up I,
1: for you, bub. When right. you have to? <laughs> that was well played, Alicia. I like it. you're in here now. You're in here. No, now. you did that, D. I did not do that. You didn't. Oh, Alicia, you were not moving are on. at all. You are on point. Me Alicia. and Alicia, we're getting locked in, man. This is what we needed in our lives. <laughs> we needed a platform. We need a platform to express our uniqueness. All right. Now, Bub, let me slice this up for you. And I do happen to know that your childhood name was Bub. So, you know, that, it's very accurate. Your mom calls you Bub, bro. I'm in the room. They all call me Bubba.
0: It. My my family nickname is Bubba.
1: Your mom calls you Bub.
0: Yeah, I sit right next to her while she calls you Bub. Short for Bubba.
1: I mean whatever. I hear Bubba. I
0: am Uncle Bubba. Go ahead. Continue.
1: So, nevertheless, I'm not going to argue with you about your own name because that's stupid looking at it now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um what Okay, so say you say you take out 250k. 350k. 500k. You put it in the USDC and not USD, and you lock that up and you start getting that 37%, right? Then now do you have to pay 15%.
0: What the fuck percentage are you talking about?
1: I've been telling you all this shit for like months now right. that I'm Whatever, currently getting 37%.
0: 37%. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll put we're going to pick this up. We're going to pick this up later. That's not... That's, that's <laughs> US, don't
2: do that, that
1: to <laughs> me. Don't, don't do that <laughs> to me. That's, <laughs> that's What is that
0: from?
2: That's
1: four is bubble gum. It's bubble gum. Oh, that's no. bubble. I get it, but that, okay. that was bad timing. That was, damn. The, that was bad timing. <laughs> damn. Jesse's <laughs> so taken aback by it. look at his I face. She's like, damn, that's
2: brutal. That's she's like she's like was, in sync with you, but like I'm it's
1: like 37%. <laughs> it's
2: like a double-edged sword. All right. All right, look. Keep it up,
1: Alicia. One, I am getting 37%. It even says it on the app. Two. Um, I don't know where I was going, but yeah, like, but that's not just do,
2: that's not just USDC. Like, you, that's that's you providing liquidity, liquidity using to liquidity USDC, tool. which using is using USDC, uh, which is different than what Corey, I assume, is what doing, I'm talking about. What I did, just, what I did I was know, nothing.
0: I literally am just. I have USDC in Coinbase. Yeah, makes exactly. Money. I don't know, it that's do anything what else. about
1: that's. So that's that's what I'm saying is like, wouldn't the wouldn't the return on the USDC need to outpace the so you start. Let's just start with round numbers. I'm trying to think yeah, through yeah. a scenario. Think round live.
2: numbers. You use a round. We've got a hundred thousand dollars. Okay.
1: And we just took that out of a cryptocurrency. We now okay. have to pay how much 15%. did you make?
2: How much did you make? What was the initial investment? Fuck the initial it's investment was stupid. Say ten thousand. It's
1: not getting stupid. The initial $10, investment ten thousand
2: and you pulled out 100K. and we ten xed. Yeah.
1: Right. We pulled out hundred k. So the margin there is ninety k. So I would need to pay fifteen percent on ninety k. Right? More than that, right? No, it's fifteen percent if it's long-term gains. If it's short-term okay, gains, I think okay. twenty-two so percent depends
0: your tax bracket yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Your tax bracket. So, all right,
2: so I'm
1: paying fifteen percent on that ninety k. So what's fifteen mm-hmm. percent on ninety k? Yeah, I'll it's crank with $13. you. Thirteen point five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay, so that thirteen. So so out of that hundred k that's now sitting in Coinbase mm-hmm. getting a return. Because it's USDC and there's rewards for keeping USDC in Coinbase.
2: Wouldn't those it's, rewards? It's two thousand a year, by the way. I think it's like some maybe two. Per... Actually, they dropped it, right? Because it used to be. Yeah, they dropped it. Point... They move it up and down.
0: It's like it's like point thirteen percent right now.
2: Yeah, but why shit. not?
1: Why not put that into a liquidity pool that grants you more? Right. What, what my 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 original unique. my equation. The math equation keeps going. Yeah. Then every single percentage point on that new chunk of money that you have sitting in a liquidity pool, don't you pay taxes on that
0: those gains too? So it's like a yeah. net, it's like a perpetual tax loop. If you That's make great. money, you pay taxes on it. My, my what I what I originally said was I set aside a portion of money that was for paying taxes. I can make money off that because it's not going to do anything for a while. I, I have I have intentions of paying taxes I have, I have intentions of paying taxes on whatever I make off of that money but since I'm not actually ch- trading it like the value doesn't change when I move it into different places to make money off of it it's no longer taxable events because the value doesn't change so I could I could park it somewhere and it makes money. Sexy. And since the underlying value of the thing doesn't change, wherever I'm parking it, like the underlying principle and where it sits doesn't change in value. Mm-hmm. That tax that 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 like basically like what I've set aside for taxes is continually making me money as I'm being responsible for selling crypto.
1: Mm-hmm listen to this that's
0: a that's a a new thing right like that's 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 not something that i can think about previously well maybe maybe you could do this in traditional finance i don't think it was very accessible listen Mm. to
1: this listen to this sexiness i think it's that listen to this sexiness i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on something audience and then i'm gonna let you fuck with that because it's a little too risky for me but i thought of it while i was uh on the bidet you can take your crypto lock it up, get some rewards, put it on using Coinbase. Probably you can put that, get some rewards on it. Then you can take a loan out on your own assets that you own sitting in there, getting a return, take that loan, buy some more crypto, get a return. It's just never ending fun. Don't don't, do not listen to D.
0: Don't do that. That's a dangerous game. Don't do
1: what D is talking about. All you would need to do. Is have gains that were larger than the percentage yeah. rate on that loan. That which... amount
0: of leverage uh-huh. on essentially creating assets leverage. is is a is a dangerous game. That
1: but they thought was bought to you by the hashtag not
0: investmentized, hashtag don't sue me. Um but like yeah, what Daniel said, like that's like so what 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 you just talked about bro, is that. literally a good portion of uh, it's like 99% like,
2: of DeFi, like Pickle and like, all that That's
0: stuff. what DeFi protocols are doing At is, the, yeah. is uh, trying to automate that process of what can we lock up, make gains from, lock that up, make gains from, and leverage as much as you can uh, with the minimal amount of risk.
1: Wait, so I just thought I was doing something <laughs> fancy, mm-hmm. and that's just what you DeFi just described.
0: <laughs> you just described DeFi.
2: <laughs> that's hilarious. But then, then remember, remember how you... That one interview person you said, uh, do you have your I'm sorry speech prepared? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, they yeah, might they, need to have I'm sorry <laughs> speech prepared. That's you know, that's the whole you know point.
1: So w- to Jesse's point. To Jesse's point, um, the thirty seven percent that I've been ranting and raving about, and it's actually real, it comes down a little bit. When I actually take that money out of the pool and I want to withdraw it from the pool, there's going to be a fee the miners are going to charge me on that. And it's going to be relatively higher than if I were just sending money to Corey because it's a complex contract. So that takes down the 37%. So I'm trying to make this realistic. Well, Another that, thing those,
0: is, those margins are dependent upon how much you're actually doing. Absolutely. Those, those, right. those fees are constant based on what the gas fees are for Ethereum or wherever you're doing these things. there's too many combinations of percentages and fixed costs
2: that it would, it's not really like, it's not really useful because it's not generalizable. You know what I mean? It's not simple simple yet.
0: Here's the thing. It will be simple. We're, we're in that we're at a point now where we are, we are building our email client from source and then finally emailing our friend who may or may not get it because He's building his email client from source and he may have fucked that up mm-hmm. right but we're, that, we're, we're at that stage of close to you got now. financial financial puzzle blocks this close and eventually it's gonna to get to the point where that's not the case it's just simple you say I want my money to do this and you click and you put it in the spot that it does that and that and it does that thing.
2: I think but, so there's gonna be like a way that people come in and just slice that though, Corey. Unless maybe. you're like always staying ahead and always yeah. like putting right. in like but you're right. Yeah. The
0: high risk stuff will always have the highest yield. Yeah. Uh but if the low risk stuff is still three to five percent. It's great. It's great. How much better is that than what we currently have
2: as options? Well, stock market is like what, nine percent averaged and like oh, seven. All right, it was still better than three to five percent. That crypto. Yeah,
0: cool. Put yourself in a. Put yourself in a. uh, Like a long term bond. No, not a bond. A bond is ass. No shit. Like right. Like so. Like where you can park your money from. 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 Like government. Government investments, they're garbage. I'm going to share something with you guys. Uh, First, I'm going to.
1: First things first, I need to give the shout out to Yagi. Yagi built this. He and I come back to it and have conversations about it from time to time. And we speculate. Um, give me just a second. I'm going to try to pull it up here.
0: We're running but, out of time here. We should I, I, understand. I understand.
1: But essentially what we're trying to do is. Um,
0: damn it. No, it's not what I want to do. This is a part of the wonderful Bitcoin podcast community. Hit him.
1: Yeah. So hit him tip, with the icon. Not should, that icon a different icon. This isn't off the rails. This isn't off the rails. You should uh, you should tip tip Yagi. Come to the Slack and tip tip Yagi. Uh, I'm gonna share my screen over here.
0: Uh, Audio people, sorry about anything, you.
1: Anything anything on here that's like, dude, what are you? Do you yeah, no, you don't uh, want to have that drive. What? Come
0: on, what are you doing? <laughs> what are
1: you doing? <laughs> this noob. I don't think anything was in there. It was important. Why don't
2: you have have the file up that you want to share and then
0: that's and what then, I'm gonna yeah. do share? That's yeah. what you do. You you get it ready and yeah. then you share this live? We're new, yeah, yeah, super live. We're new to video, oh. apparently. D, don't D doesn't know. understand how live <laughs> video works. <laughs> yeah. ah,
1: shit. Damn it. I knew this shit was gonna happen one day. Fuck, don't look at Sitting send my shit backstage. Oh yeah, it is backstage. Okay. this is being you control well. this, D. All right, hold up. <laughs> it's- I don't control she controls it while I'm not controlling it and I'm not controlling it right now.
0: Um quality reference. we We're gonna get doxxed. Right, <laughs> D's gonna get doxxed. I'm gonna be sorry. Right. Yeah. I, I
1: need to oh go my change God.
0: my life real fast.
1: <laughs> somebody's gonna somebody's gonna freeze that pain and like what the fuck is you got going on in there. All oh right. God. But anyways, so what Yagi and I do is, is track the year over year movement of, of of sorry, the yeah, the year over year movement of Bitcoin and what you see here. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and add this screen. What you see here are um
0: numbers.
2: Click. <laughs> <laughs> you have so many it's tabs. So dude. should be open. <laughs> <right>. oh my <laughs> so God,
0: what?
1: dude.
0: Do we like... need to have like a workshop oh, of like how to share yeah, well, your I screen? Think we Hit F11. Close. Hit, hit yeah, F11. Yeah, you need to hit
2: F11 for, for real. Oh, there
1: we go. All right, now let's bring it back. In. Stop it. Alisa. Jesus Stop Christ. Stop it, Alicia. Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> 37%. Right. Like, you know, just <laughs> so I think when I did the math last, if you count the number of months that are red and compare that to the number of months that are white to green, like your odds of investing in Bitcoin and not making money on a year... It's, it's something crazy. Like, uh, it's like there's an 87% chance that you are going to increase your money by quite a bit if you look at these percentages.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right now, they
2: stack sats, right? That's just why they like stack like sets. Concentrated sentiment.
1: Now, here's the thing obviously, you have to say historical performance isn't indicative of uh, yeah, right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But at the same time, odds are odds. Right. And look at these percentage gains. November is a clear winner. That's why every single person who's been in crypto for any amount of time in November, Mm -hmm. uh, they get their their Ghibli start to get a little bit warm in November. Because even if you average this. That's 11, that's 1,001, that's 11,004. No, that's the percentage. The average is one thousand two hundred and seventy. All right.
0: Take out take out that uh, 8,000 number and average those. Okay, let's do that then. 341%
1: 341% returns in November. That's that's still pretty, pretty
0: beefy. good. So, yeah. so, so, you know, I'm trying to take out like a novelist behavior for that one. Uh, nine,
1: what you will see and this is the graph that Yagi Oh no, had. you got to take out
0: you got to take out the average. You have you have the average involved in the average. So stop that. So 66 Take oh, out shit. the 8,000.
1: 8, oh, I see. I did have the average in the average. Good call. 208%
0: still wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. It's still, it's still very, wonderful returns.
1: Very good mm-hmm. returns. That's 100 That's double that's tripling your money, right? 100% is just doubling. just
0: for November. What does that mean for just November?
1: Just November, right? So, but this is the graph that I like to show. And that is I think it's this one. These astronomical jumps are getting smaller and smaller. This is mm-hmm. They're getting smaller and smaller. Which means that Got to jump ship. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, you don't. What I don't know, you know, this is there's very interesting things to prognosticate. This is just you. for
0: Bitcoin. This is just uh-huh. for Bitcoin. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, but like, what does it mean as Bitcoin's price jumps decrease, but still overall are going up? What does it mean for the other cryptos? What does it mean for? It just you it's very fun to look at data sometimes. I think I find it very fun to say, like, oh, like okay, these price jumps are obviously getting smaller.
2: A rising tide might lift all boats Mm -hmm. is a is a possible hypothesis.
0: Yeah. Especially as as the like, like over time we've we we there's no arguing that in the beginning the only way to get to other cryptocurrencies was to go through bitcoin so you mm-hmm. had to go from fiat to bitcoin and then bitcoin to other things yep. that's no longer the case whatsoever so the 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 transaction volume of bitcoin has been lowered because no one's having to go through it to get to other things and the utility of other things namely ethereum has has grown dramatically and and if you just look at those, like just that's just a small example of all of the possible things that could be happening. Like people used to have to go through Bitcoin to get to Ethereum to use the utility of Ethereum. Utility utility of Ethereum has grown, but you don't need to go through Bitcoin to get there anymore. So like that's not going to be reflected in the year over year of Bitcoin. Because they're not going through Bitcoin anymore. And so that metric is interesting in that the reliance upon Bitcoin for particular types of, uh, I guess, yearly bumps is diminishing over time. Probably because, and and at the same time, crypto is continuing to blow up. Like, crypto in general, blockchain in general, hasn't gotten smaller since over the years. It's gotten much, much, much bigger. It means that Bitcoin is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of the thing that people go to on a year to year basis as as it blows up
2: i feel like uh by virtue of participation in crypto not because we intended to but because it just happened to be how it played out we're like reverse engineering the history and Mm. how money actually works and how it is understood by macro traders maybe
0: i don't know i'm just i'm just looking at like charts and trying to rationalize why those things are happening as you have other things outside of the, like that, that chart you just showed is a, is a narrow perspective on Mm. the crypto industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is a year over year of Bitcoin alone. Yeah. It's very narrow, but but the amount of money that's flown into this industry is massively larger than that. But if Bitcoin was still the linchpin for getting into crypto, that, that trend would not be the case it would be it would be growing and growing and growing. Yeah, I don't it's, I don't know
2: though. Like well, it, would it's it still going to diminish if, though, right? If
0: you were if it were if you were required to use bitcoin to get to other cryptos. Yeah. The year over year chart would be growing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, on that on that premise 100% I agree. Yeah. So that's not the case anymore. We can, we can agree on that. That's no longer the case. You don't need bitcoin to get into crypto. Yeah. And not only do you not need it, people aren't doing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So people are throwing their money into this industry directly into things that are not Bitcoin. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's I agree. true. That is happening. You, you ever you ever uh, feel like um, like if somebody did like a simulation of you know like a moth to a flame, where if you if you modeled the flame as a speculative investment that the 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 intensity of the flame is modeled by the volume and the amount of money thrown at that specific um vehicle then you could actually like you know kind of characterize the dynamics of the moth being the stand-in for people being
0: attracted to the flame I, I, like interesting yeah I know you're saying I don't I don't know I've never seen it and then the I
2: we D Do have to rap. To rap? Yeah, go for it.
1: Um I said a hip, a hop, the hip into the hip into the hip, hip hop, and yeah, don't stop a rap into the bang to the book. Rap. I was ready to keep going. Rap with a W.
2: So um Are you drinking?
0: Did you drink tonight?
2: Bro, no. I think he's just tired. He gets better when he gets
0: a little tired. That's he gets answer. better. He gets better when he gets, he gets a little better tired. tired. I mean, like everybody he's, does. He kind of really? sucks when he's like really no. on it. Oh
2: come on, it. that's not what I meant. Oh, come
0: when on. he's like when he's like on par, he's oh, terrible. But like when he's just a little tired, point on
1: point. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that to my girl. I get
0: <laughs> tired. Let's
1: keep on going. Sorry, that was that was whack. No, it wasn't. It was awesome. So know, uh, yeah, let's let's bring up the popables. Uh, go to, you know, patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, you know, you've become a patron and you can help us make better content. You can see all of our patrons that have supported us to this point have obviously got us to a point where now Corey has high deck, like high clarity cameras with fuzziness, fuzzies. you like you that know, fuzzy background. You like Jesse's, Jesse's like got like, look at his hair. How much money are our patrons helping us with to, for you to have locks like that? Like, what kind of shampoo are you using? You guys do that. The patrons do that. They allow this man right here to have some of the best hair in crypto. Not guaranteed. Guaranteed
0: <laughs> guarantee Jesse's using a bar of soap for it's shampoo. part of the tier. <laughs> it's so if well, you pay five dollars <laughs> it go straight to <laughs> Jesse's
1: shampoo fund for that. Damn it, it's nice. Um join the slack. Uh you could find people like Yagi, who is a genius in his own right, and You know, everyone in our Slack is gonna help you learn, but maybe not like the shit that you'll see about like, you know, like, you know, this basic shit. Like everybody in there is some power users. All right, we got
0: a power user hub. No, we have we have a we have a whole gamut of people. We have people going from like the the depth to people who are coming in asking questions. And if you wanna come in and ask questions, there there are people who are willing to answer those questions for you. Mm -hmm. Like that's true. Where we are very welcome to people who don't know what's going on or interested, who want to learn from the people who are like balls deep in this industry. The Slack of media was like, we need to make a shampoo token, shampoo token. (laughs) Did they?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, they did. They immediately, yeah, shampoo token coming at you.
1: Uh, (laughs) Rug pool token. This is, anyways, obviously the Slack is awesome, and it's very engaging, which is, is cool to see all the stuff start to link together. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, that's the icon. But also, uh, you can be listening to this podcast on other things, like uh, player.fm or, or is it, Spotify. Is, is that, that up? Um, player.fm. Yeah. <laughs> player um, Spotify is still pending. We're kind of... In How the, a the fuck are we not on Spotify? Government? Yeah, we need that Spotify.
0: We're in How a dispute. Are we not right on Spotify?
1: We're in a dispute right now because of right, the old cool. show that we had. So uh, you know, once we get that what is it, a copyright strike, whatever they fucking say. Once that's done, we're fine. Um, you know, so like us, you know, leave a review. If it's four stars or below, fuck you. We don't need that. Yeah, don't
0: do it. Don't do it. Don't Go waste fuck yourself, time. leave. Do we not give us anything five below five stars. stars,
1: baby. Cinco Five stars cinco <laughs> estrellas. All right. Um <laughs> like, subscribe, ding the bell. Um, you know, hold up. You know, like uh, please share, like, subscribe, follow, and review our show. What does that say about fax machine? So we do take uh,
0: Timmy Tim- Tim- Timothy is leveling up at infinitum on the-, the Slack. Has said uh Fax Machine, the only podcast on fax. That's right. Get them, son. Oh, casting call
2: for artists.
0: Ah, yes. So I don't know what that says.
1: In our quest to give NFTs to our audience in a way that brings value to their lives, we need artists, digital artists to come and work with one of our Slack members. Timmy, I'm looking at you. Member of our team. Sorry, I didn't realize I had like... So much dog here on my shirt. It's crazy to realize that while you've already been live for an hour and 20 minutes.
2: Can't really see it, don't worry. Um,
1: now I can't unsee it. So mm. if you're a digital artist or just an artist musician, general,
2: you could be anything, right?
1: Or a musician like, or anyone, everything join the Slack, and as you you know, this could be a mutual thing as you where you learn NFTs and how to launch them and how to mint them and how to be the NFT, you'll help us help our community, right. And it'll be pretty nifty. Uh-huh. Mm, so for it. Uh, don't acknowledge
0: it. Don't acknowledge it. Oh, don't okay. acknowledge
1: it. OK. Uh, if you've ever been a past guest of the show, you're going to get NFT by us. And there's nothing you can do about it because we own the audio. So <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. All right. So anyways, <laughs> uh, let's uh, give some shout outs. I'd like to give a shout out to Megan the Stallion. Girl, you're really doing it. You're doing it. Look at her. She's she you know she was in nursing. <laughs> you know she's in nursing
0: school. Right she now she's in nursing school. Right now anybody can be in nursing school. Actually, it's pretty pretty competitive.
1: Not anyone can be in nursing school. Mom's she's clearly doing it right. Oof. I actually have to know that. She competes very well with your your mom, Corey. Um <laughs> Shout out to Michelle Obama. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Shout out to her her. and him. (laughs) Um, You know, shout out to Aladdin for doing his shit. Oh, well played. The entire world that you could just be a street rat, but still get to marry the princess of Arabia. Um bidet B- B- token Dog oh of course the og zoe saldana uh <laughs> zoe saldana with a wide mouth uh <laughs> all right you
0: just said bidet token the sophisticated shit coin
1: <laughs> so um this is one last thing I, I haven't, I don't understand why I don't shout this out more because obviously it's something to do, but shout out to all you that listen to our show and have continued to listen to our show and tell your neighbors to listen to our show. And now hopefully tell your neighbors to watch our show and hang out with me and my dog and Corey and his dogs and Jesse and his amazing <laughs> hair. Um, shampoo token coming at you. Um, you know, look at, look at, he buy it. Shampoo token. Um, you know, shout out to Yagi, to Andy, uh, Timothy, Daniel. Of course, Daniel and Alicia—they're here. They help us. They've helped us. They continue to help us. Uh, you know, who, who am I missing here?
0: Uh, there's too know, many. There's, there's TGT, like there's a shitload of people in this life.
1: TJT safe. He's one. Uh, t- t- uh, JT from Badger. Holy shit! Shout out to you, man. Like you took. You were like, man. I'm tired of listening to those motherfuckers talk about this shit. I'm about to be about this shit. And look at you go. Um, Mad shout-outs. Um, don't know if I have any. You know what? Join the Slack and get a job. Join the Slack get a job. We'll, that should we'll be our pitch. A,
0: we'll, we'll help you get a job. I've seen multiple people join the Slack, become a part of the community, learn about stuff, These are pick up and get a job that has changed their career. Hold on, man. It's got to be times. a good commercial.
1: Are you working in a job that sucks
0: bows? Are you working... It, your like commercial voice is wonderful. Can we start making Good. commercials for, with, with like I do just stupid just stupid com- Alicia? The commercials that we're gonna do from here on out are gonna be yeah. D's commercial voice.
1: Are you does your job suck and ergo your life? Do you wanna change that? Cause your life is sucking? Join the TBP Slack. Get a better job. Have a better life here we go <laughs> record that play not <laughs> care, <whatever>. play <laughs> play the outro